Conversation cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this 23rd day of February, 2024. This is the Horn, Live. is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time madcap multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room, the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. And where if you pop by right now, you'll be greeted by the early arrivers, Ralph and Squeaky, and capably moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist, Chief Mathematician, Bud Trimmer Emeritus, and Zimmergist Extraordinaire, Roger in Oregon. Theo has bade us all farewell as he goes on a weekend tramp royale to the Oregon coast. Stay safe, Theo, and have fun. Hi, I'm Robin, and like I said, it's Friday on the front porch, so that means here in about, oh, 56 minutes or so, we will go over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree we sublet from the Keebler Elves, wherein we keep the extraordinary, ordinary round table around which we gather each and every Friday to talk about topics of general interest or specific interest or... Uh, you know, whatever, whatever's on uh, everyone's mind. So if you've never participated in Friday on the Front Porch, use the little linky. Uh, it's curiously marked click here uh, at the top of headon.live. It'll carry you into the aforementioned old holler tree, and you can be part of the Friday on the Front Porch conversation. I would love it uh, to uh, hear some new voices, uh, especially some women's voices, because... Well, sometimes it gets a little lonely in the room. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, but every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so thanks go out to our 23rd day of the month subscribers at PayPal. And thank you as well to folks who participate in help, helping to keep this thing on the air into our 21st year. Uh, by, by, via the U.S. Postal Service to the Horn, 1038 North Eisenhower Drive, PMB, 
318 Beckley, B E C K L E Y W V 25801. Jackson Money Orders made payable to Robin Kincaid, R O B Y N K I N C A I D, Robin Kincaid. Uh, and that makes life uh, simpler. So thank you. Thank you very kindly to uh, uh, Grace. Thank you, Grace. And thank you, David, and Mellow Moonlit Meadow. And thank you to Lou and PA. Thank you all for being partial sponsors of the program. Thanks as well. And this is a huge thank you. Oh, my goodness gracious. This is a huge thank you. Thank you to Dr. Allen down in Texas. Hi, Dr. Allen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I went to the aforementioned mailbox, and I found a, a, a I found a check. And well, Dr. Allen did several have a shows on me. And so, whereas we had come into this this program with a sixteen hundred dollar fundraising goal, Dr. Allen wiped out a thousand of it. So that's uh, three and a third days of programming, whew, gone out of the out of the fundraising hole. So. Uh, a huge hurrah for Dr. Allen. Thank you so much. And you have been such a good friend for so very long. I do so appreciate it, as does the entire Horn Family Community Congregation. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so that makes our fundraising goal 600 bucks, And so we're funded through this past Wednesday. Yesterday and today are unfunded. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Gary. Gary in New York's challenge continues. The uh, Fire Merrick Garland challenge. Ralph's challenge, and I think this is the longest one of Ralph's challenge has ever stayed on the books. Uh, Ralph's uh, That Ain't Cocaine, That's Sawdust challenge of $25 is on the table. And lo and behold, how do you do? How about this? It's been a long time. But the subject line here is, so what are you going to do about it? Part un. Part uno. Part the first. Hi, Horn family. Uh, it has been several months since I've corresponded with you, but the 2024 election for me here in Ohio began back in July of last year as this state had two issue ones to deal with in the span of three months. Again, my lack of correspondence is absolutely no reflection on the Horn Network or my family. or family. But the giraffes, Joey Two, the kangaroo, and I have been in campaign mode literally since the last time I entered a submission back in July of 23. Yeah, here comes Jeffrey. Uh, yes, in Ohio last August 8th, the Republicans, led by Frank LaHose, tried to trick the people of Ohio into voting for a measure that would raise the threshold from 50% to 60% in regard to fostering amendments that would change the state constitution. Similar to the current makeup of the Senate, where because of the filibuster it takes 60 votes to have real change in Ohio, it would have taken a 60% vote to change our state's constitution. Fortunately, the voters said no to LaRose in issue one on August 8th to the tune of 57 to 43%. And here's Junior. Gosh, I've missed the kids. 
Yes, we hosed LaRose in his attempt to take away the voice of the people. We also thwarted him and the GQP in November when reproductive rights were on the line. We're so proud of Ohio in their response to these two crucial off-year elections. Way to go, Ohio. And more on that editorially in a moment. Uh, Jeffrey continues... Uh, yes, Junior is correct. The Republicans thought they could sneak these two elections by the people, especially the one in August, which was a potentially obscure proposal. However, thanks to people like Joey, who went door to door, knocking on a total of 1,200 doors in his small town, which leans two-thirds Republican, and the commercials, which tied the ish, first issue one directly to abortion, the people of Ohio voted 57% to 43% to thwart the Republicans' attempt to recreate the Gilded Age of Gilead or the Handmaid's Tale. Oh, there she is. Joey to the kangaroo chimes in. As a little girl from Australia, I just want to say that in my home country, abortion is legal at all stages, and all ladies do not have to go to a back alley, or in our case, an outback alley. Joey too. The boys are a bad influence on you. To take care of our reproductive needs. Jeffrey's back. Thank you so much, Joey, too, for that insight and for your financial support to the campaigns because, as you know, kangaroos have, oh, no, deep pockets. Picking right up where they left off, aren't they? Joey returns, yes, I do reside in a very red town called Rittman, which is located in Wayne County, Ohio. The county's named after a man by, by the name of Anthony Wayne, and much like Reagan, you'll find many streets, buildings, highways, county schools, and cities, including Fort Wayne, Indiana, eponymously named after Anthony Wayne. Wasn't that mad Anthony Wayne, Joey? Anthony Wayne was a Revolutionary War hero from the greater Philadelphia area, who fought valiantly against the British, but Mad Anthony betrayed Native Americans endlessly here in Ohio, wiping out their villages, destroying their crops, and killing them in the process of stealing their land and heritage. He broke all kinds of promises and treaties throughout the state of Ohio, nearly wiping out indigenous tribes, including the, uh, the Miami tribe, who were closely tied to Fort Wayne. In February 2019, the city council of Fort Wayne, Indiana, approved the creation of Anthony Wayne Day, but the approval sparked debate and was roundly criticized by reporters and the Miami tribe. The Miami tribe to this day maintains a strong connection with Fort Wayne as their ancestral homeland and objected to many of the facts and errors and omissions put forward by the supporters that championed Wayne. Here in Ohio, the Wayne National Forest is located in southeast Ohio, was named in honor of General Wayne on August 21, 2023. The U.S. Forest Service announced a proposal to rename Wayne National Forest because of Wayne's complicated legacy, including leading a violent campaign against indigenous peoples of Ohio that resulted in their removal from their homelands. Some of the new proposed names include the Buckeye National Forest, Ohio National Forest, and Cotiwa National Forest. On, by the way, on cue, the announcement of the potential name change sparked opposition from none other than the Russian sympathizer and Putin political parrot, Ohio Senator J.D. Jerk Deluxe Vance. I'm sure Jerk Deluxe just loves the legacy of Mad Anthony because he loves the Putin Tate. The llama grows weary. 
And Junior jumps back into the fray. Joey's right now actively campaigning to get Sherrod Brown reelected because we cannot afford to have two bad senators in this state now that the aforementioned Frank LaHose is running for that Senate seat. The same guy who wants to take away women's reproductive rights. Ah, the collective voice of the people opposing the state's raising of the minimum wage would only stop people from striving harder to reach their goals and be more productive. And Joffrey applauds Junior. Oh, great job, Junior. Yes, LaRose has nothing but thorns. Oh, dear. It's like they never went away. For the American people. As he also stated that the minimum wage was never meant to be a living wage. Well, he's wrong. If the minimum had continued to be adjusted for inflation as it was until... 1868, 1968, then the minimum wage would be a living wage. Now, speaking of stupid senators, uh, one of Alabama senators, Tommy the Test Tube Tuberville, stated that the embryo is the same as a baby. No, Tommy Tuberville, you're the same as an embryo because a baby can at least speak a few words, and you, Test Tube Tommy, are incapable of expressing any intelligible thoughts or expressions. Yeah, Joey's back. Thank you so much, Jeffrey the Giraffe. And Oh, no, that's Joey. It gets confusing. I haven't done this in a while. Thank you so much, Jeffrey the Giraffe and Jeffrey Jr. Considering we're speaking of Native Americans, I found the two participants in the Super Bowl to be rather ironic. Did you say Super Bowl? I love Taylor and Travis Bowl. What a great game. I wore my specially made shirt for the event. Republicans are not too swift. Let me just move this cowbell over here a little closer to me. Uh, good job, Junior. I like the shirt and the fact that the game was so exciting and entertaining. I loved halftime. The commercials were not too bad, especially Talkin' Walkin' was wonderful. My first exposure to Christopher Walken was in The Deer Hunter, which was a difficult movie for a 17-year-old to watch. I loved him in Catch Me If You Can, but his best performance was in the SNL skit with Will Ferrell and Blue Oyster Cult called Cowbell. The commercials by the Hobby Lobbyist David Green with the Jesus Gets Us bullshit, which $21 million was spent on, would have been much better used to actually help people living in the streets rather than on an openly shameless attempt to proselytize for a religious government. Separation of church and state, I think, is what James Madison spoke of in the Constitution. By far the worst commercial was the Kennedy commercial, which was blasphemous. I went to the Kennedy Library in Boston last year, and that Kennedy commercial from the 60s plays on a loop, and for RFK Jr. to use that in a commercial was disgusting, and he is disgusting. Editorial note, uh, Rotted FK claimed that he had nothing to do with that ad. It was run by a pack over which he has no control or coordination, and the secretary will disavow all knowledge of their actions, and this tape will self-destruct in 15 seconds. Joey continues, for me, however, the sideshow of Taylor and Travis was huge because they're pro-Biden, and hopefully those two can have a significant impact on the 2024 election. Oh, Jeffrey scores a touchdown. It was interesting to have the Chiefs playing the 49ers because, obviously, the Chiefs mascot was taken from Native Americans, and the 49ers were a band of killers under the guise of gold diggers. Yes, there was gold in California. However, bandits back in 1849, while in search of gold booty, 
wiped out many Native Americans along the way. In the span of 20 years, 80% of the indigenous people of California were wiped out by the stampeding white people. So, in a sense, the Native Americans got back to the go at the gold diggers, and this time they beat the Niners. Oh, no, here comes Joey, too, again. By the way, Trump is hawking his golden sneakers, and don't look now, but melanoma is selling a gold shovel because she's a gold digger as well. Oh, Joey, too. Honey. Oh, thank you, too. Thank you, Joey, too. Jeffrey enlightens. Uh, speaking of Trump, on this day in 2016, the city council of Charlotte, North Carolina, voted 7-4 to four to pass a new law allowing transgender people to choose public bathrooms that corresponded to their gender. One year later, in 2017, the Trump administration lifted federal guidelines that stated transgender students should be allowed to use public school bathrooms and locker rooms matching their perceived identity. And so Joey wraps up. I mentioned James Madison earlier, but we lost another political Madison a few weeks ago, and that was the Black Eagle, Joe Madison. I love Joe Madison. Ironically, he was an Ohio native who was raised in the same part of the state that Anthony Wayne ravaged over 200 years ago, Dayton, Ohio. For me, Joe Madison was a beacon of light during the very dark days of radio at the tail end of the Reagan years in the late 1980s. I was living in Toledo, and I was driving on the Anthony Wayne Trail near Maumee, Ohio. I managed to pick up Joe Madison on WXYT out of Detroit and really enjoyed his show. In the late 80s, it was difficult to find any liberal talk as many AM stations were playing oh, my friends Rush Limbaugh on a loop. I was so grateful to hear Joe Madison's voice in a sea of right-wing bullshit. Joe Madison used to always challenge people who called his show with an issue or a problem. Joe would say, and what are you going to do about it? He really inspired me recently to go into my right-wing neighborhood in Anthony Wayne County and knock on doors. That's what I did last summer and fall and what I'm going to be doing about it the next several months to get Sherrod Brown and Joe Biden reelected. So I ask you, my Horn family, community, congregation, friends, what are you going to do about it? This has been Joey's Journal for a Friday on the Front Porch, the 23rd day of February, 2024, with Giraffery Jr. and Joey too, thanking Joe Madison for all he did about it to change this country for the better. And so there's a $25, what are you going to do about it, challenge on the table. Thank you. Thank you so much, Joey and Giraffery and Joey Jr. and Joey to the kangaroo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, just editorially, since there was a mention of uh, uh, John Kasach, Early in the uh, early in the dispatch, I caught him briefly on MSNBC earlier this afternoon, pontificating about the theocratic nature of the in vitro fertilization. Embryos are real, live, no kidding children. Kerfuffle down in Alabama. And he was sitting there blathering away about how Christianity and faith are beautiful and should be uplifting and yada, 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 yada. 
And he did all of this at a time when vigils are being held for Next Benedict, who you might recall was beaten to death in a high school girls' restroom in Owasso, Oklahoma, in the last week or so. And also, Kasuch, formerly the governor of Ohio, where that state was not practicing Christian love when they moved to, well, deny life-saving medical care to kids like Nex Benedict. Not saying that Nex was on any form of uh, medicine, but kids like them are and going forward will struggle to find that care in that loving Christian state of Ahia. Uh, a lot of love going out to Dr. Allen this afternoon. Where is the good doctor's cowbell, says Lee in New York, right here. That's Dr. Allen's cowbell. Good call, Lee in New York. And uh, Ralph says, due to Dr. Allen, my challenge has been that. Thank you. And uh, Matt in San Francisco says, Dr. Allen. Oh, my Lord. Thank you, Dr. Allen. Support like that is better than an underwire bra. (laughs) Struggling with a little TMI here. I had a doctor's appointment today. I'm proud to say that I've lost another five pounds. Still got several pounds to go, namely about 25. But we're plugging along, and that underwire, yeah. Your humble hostess has her first mammogram scheduled. That's nerve-wracking. I'll be okay. Um, how did I miss that? Let me check here. Uh, yes, and um, our fundraising goal is actually down by another... Uh, let's see, that was six hundred five fifty. It's actually down to four hundred bucks, thanks to an anonymous, kind internet friend. Four hundred dollars is the fundraising goal to get us fully funded. That's a hundred dollars for yesterday, and three hundred dollars for today. Thank you, kind anonymous internet friend. So very much. Our kind anonymous internet friend noting that I am a high-maintenance woman. Uh, No, this network is a high-maintenance network, and it's still a bargain. Uh, Okay. Really? Okay, I'm I'm looking again.
scrolling. By Jove, you're right, kind anonymous internet friend. Uh, 320, um, uh, so it's down to uh, 300. 300. That means we're funded all the way up to today. We raised 300 bucks, and we are fully funded up to this here 23rd day of February 2024. I was hoping to get something accomplished over the weekend, but no. It's going to pour the rain all day tomorrow. Uh, Sunday might might have a fighting chance. High of 51. And uh, it looks like reasonably clear sailing, at least here in the uh, the wilds of almost level west by Cole Manchinia stand up through the uh, end of February. Arnold with a question to get us started. How come the right-wingers... Arnold, my dear, dear friend, my colleague in wandering the late-night streets of Philadelphia back in the summer of 2019, um, how come right-wingers keep talking about every business in New York doing exactly what Trump did, and they keep claiming no victim? I, the, the 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 first the first thing to take into consideration here Arnold is stop consuming right-wing media I, I cannot emphasize that enough because you're deliberately exposing yourself to liars plain and simple purely liars okay so and as to why, who knows? They're liars. Lying is what liars do. As we will see from other stories in in the course of the evening. Uh, well, thanks, Lee. A little ray, a little ray of sunshine. Losing five pounds. In my case, it's never really lost. It finds its way back. Well, I'm going to bust my skinny little butt to keep it, uh, have it gone and keep it gone. And, well, if I could lose another 30, I'd be right where I need to be. Um, Look on the bright side, Lee continues. It's February. Would you ever rather have rain or snow? Fair point. Although... uh, there's an argument to be made for snow being ever so much prettier uh, than basically slop. I mean, it's muddy out there right now. Not complaining, not complaining. I don't have any, it, it's, it's, it's late February and I don't have any propane burning in the studio. So that's a win. And a note coming in from uh, uh, Ken up in Erie. A note to Dr. Allen. I can't find the words or artifacts to thank you for being a member of the Horn Family Community Congregation. A lot of love for you out there, Dr. Allen. Thank you. Thank you. 
All right, then. I think that's all of the housekeeping and some news and the dispatch from Joey and Giraffe. Remember, that challenge is still on the table. So is Gary's. And if that gets met, we'll be pretty much near right at done with fundraising for the entire week all the way up to right this very minute. Anatole, did you just call me you fat fatty? So where to begin? I find this interesting. We talked about this a little bit a couple of days ago, maybe three. It appears that the Democrats in the House of Representatives are preparing to introduce a discharge petition to compel a House vote on additional support for Ukraine, for Taiwan, and uh, other aid, because Mullah Moses Mike Johnson has said he will not allow such a bill to come to a vote, just in terms of rules and procedures. Uh, and this is actually, this is a, a Democrat a representative from New Jersey, Bill Pascrell Jr., saying that a discharge petition will be coming soon, a motion to force a vote on Ukraine aid. Democrats will introduce a discharge petition to bring Ukraine funding to the House floor. I'll be online to sign it. The votes are there, and there are a dozen Republicans uh, and are there a dozen Republicans with a shred of courage to sign it and help Ukraine survive. Stay tuned. You know, assuming they come back from vacation. Because they went on vacation. And because their goal now, as we predicted, is to shut down the government. As I noted yesterday, their latest threat being shutting down the government if they don't get to genocide trans people. I wish I was kidding, but this is who they are. And so is. Uh, Billable Rick with a note. Have you given Joey and Giraffe and Joey Jr. a cowbell each for their excellent journal today? I missed your reading of it. They got several cowbells. And one very sad, weary llama jingle. So, a discharge petition needs 218 votes. Four. I mean, we're getting into ancient Greek philosophy territory here. Four. Democrats need to find four decent Republicans. Four. And that would uh, that that would clear the discharge petition onto the House for debate and a vote. 
and those four, maybe five Republicans would be necessary to pass the bill. We'll see. We'll see. Meanwhile, Comer Pyle over in House Oversight is having a tough time. His star witness got rearrested because apparently the, the uh, United States Attorney's Office considered Alexander Smirnov to be a uh, flight risk, you know, like the other Comer Pyle star witness. And uh, Judge Otis Wright, Otis Wright uh, issued the rearrest of Alexander Smirnov, a former FBI informant the judge making the finding that it was likely he would try to flee. Um, the judge saying, it has come to this court's attention that counsel for Smirnoff has sought an emergency hearing to arrange the release of defendant Smirnoff, likely to facilitate his absconding from the United States. And by the way, we now know that practically the entirety of the Biden crime family horseshit was a Kremlin joint. Uh, Judge Wright saying that motion for reconsideration has been granted and this court issued an arrest warrant specifying that upon his arrest, defendant should be brought promptly to this court. Indeed, at 9 a.m. Monday, February 26, 2024, the United States Marshal Service is to bring defendant to courtroom 5D located at the First Street Courthouse located at 350 West First Street, Los Angeles, California, for a detention hearing. The U.S. Marshal Service is advised there is to be no deviation from this order. The thing is, Alexander Smirnov, darling of the Comer Pyle Impeachment Committee, admitted, confessed is another good word, that uh, it was persons linked to uh, the Russian FSB and other intelligence services who fed that information to him, which he in turn fed to the FBI, which in turn was fed to Comer Pyle, who then, well, I, I think there's an argument to be made that Comer Pyle and perhaps Jim Jacketoff Jordan, as well as other members of, uh, maggot members of Comer Pyle's committee, might have some exposure here of a criminal nature, speech and debate clause notwithstanding. So according to Politico, the uh, 
Biden crime family investigation is on the brink of collapse if that collapse has not, in fact, already taken place. And then, of course, there's Tommy the Tuber. Great heavenly days. He declared he's all for the mullahs on the Alabama Supreme Court and their ruling. Uh, He likes likes the way they think. He likes the cut of their jib. But he's not, well, he said, but I ain't read the legislation. And you know what? That's a... uh, that's a true statement. You know why? Because there's no bill for Tommy the Tuber to read. It isn't a bill. It's not a law. It's a matter of black robe judges legislating from the bench. And, and I say it that way because anytime a federal judge or any other kind of judge does something that the maggots don't like, or before that, the teabaggers, or before that, the Klan, the John Birch Society, or just generally Republicans, uh, that's, that's, that's their hue and cry. Uh, discharge petition. Flavio writes, I've heard more about a discharge petition in the last two days from foreign leaders at the highest levels than in my prior 11 years in office combined. That was House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries at the Munich Security Conference. Four decent Republicans. Flavio, I knew you'd go there. Diogenes would have had more luck. Or perhaps Lot running through, going around Sodom trying to find ah, a couple of decent I'm going to say it. Sodomites. Uh, <laughs> try to keep this program out of the gutter. And then there's that. But you're right. You're right, Flavio. But hope springs eternal. Oh, and you may recall we had uh, a news story about Cardinal Dolan there having a conniption over a funeral at St. Patrick's Cathedral. Well, people are pretty pissed off now, and they're demanding an apology. And I personally hope they don't stop demanding the apo- an apology for that act of profound and vulgar indecency uh, by that dude in address, Cardinal Dolan. But just a quick update. Hmm. Via Agence France Presse, a bishop down in Australia is uh, facing accusations because, of course, of rape and indecent assault. Naturally. Emeritus Bishop Christopher Allen Sanders was taken into custody in Western Australia Wednesday evening. After an internal Vatican investigation, according to AFP, spurred child abuse detectives into action. 
Yes, this man of God, this lace-skirted prince of the church, has been charged with 14 counts of unlawful and indecent assault and two counts of sexual penetration without consent, which in most of the English-speaking world is often simply called rape. Uh, He'll be headed to court, the bishop will. He's 74. And he's facing three counts of indecently dealing with a child between 16 and 18 years old. Uh, The Archbishop of Perth, one Timothy Costello, who is the president of the Australian Catholic Bishops Conference, said the charges were deeply distressing. It is right and proper and indeed necessary that all such allegations be thoroughly investigated, he declared. And all these myriad crimes of the bishop took place over the span of merely six years. And he was head of the Diocese of Broome, which is a coastal area in the northwest of Australia that has a number of dozens even of remote aboriginal communities. He stepped down when the allegations first became public back in 2020, but he got to hang on to his Bishop Emeritus title. And to... uh, To the credit of uh, Pope Frank, they empower, uh, the Vatican empowered something called the Vos Estis Lux Mundi uh, power. You are the light of the world in Latin. And that empowers the church to investigate sexual abuse accusations at the highest levels. They made confidential findings, shared it with police, who reopened the investigation of... Bishop Sanders, and he's the latest in a line of divines. George Pell, a former, uh, a dead Australian cardinal and a power broker in the Vatican, having been imprisoned on sex abuse charges in 2019, although his convictions were subsequently quashed. Well, you know, I hope it doesn't hurt too little. And speaking of perverts, Lawrence O'Donnell had Mary Trump on and interviewed her and Ms. Trump, who is indeed a Ph.D. psychologist, took a run at diagnosing her filthy, creepy, perverted, disgusting old uncle, and the prognosis was not good asked to build in Manhattan. And the buildings went up in Manhattan because of the power of that bedrock. Once you dig that foundation, and when they dig, they really dig. They, they dig with dynamite. And once you dynamite out and you secure that foundation, that building isn't going anywhere. Every word of that is true. Who is that guy? 
That is not the same mind you're listening to today. Donald Trump went from saying that accurate and informative statement about building in New York City 25 years ago to now saying they come out with faucets where no water comes out. The showers, you stand under a shower and there is no water coming out. And you say you end up standing there five times longer. What happened to that mind over the last 25 years? And what is happening to that mind tonight? And I'm going to interject here for just a moment. In what Lawrence O'Donnell pointed out over at MSNBC is, is this is the source of all the but Joe Biden is so old horseshit. It's in because remember everything a maggot says is either projection or confession. And the maggots know that their orange Jesus ain't okay. And so they had to project the same issues that plague orange Julius Geezer onto a perfectly hale President Biden. Do we begin to see how this works? As Attorney General of New York, Letitia James, closes in on Donald Trump's assets. For the answer, we turn to uh, uh, Mary Trump, a clinical psychologist and niece of Donald Trump. She is the author of The Reckoning, Our Nation's Trauma and Finding a Way to Heal. Uh, Mary Trump, thank you very much for joining us uh, tonight. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I immediately thought of you uh, Sunday night, uh, sitting there, enthralled by this documentary series about New York City. And, I, and it was just like I said, I heard, I heard that voice, the camera's not on him, and I heard a little bit more, and then there he was, and I, and I was just stunned. It, it's completely clear, those are sentences, it's a paragraph, everything's true, it's a serious point about how you actually build on this island and why you're able to build so high on this island. And then I'm hearing him talk about people are buying faucets that water doesn't come out of. What happened? What happened from the guy I, who said that and was able to say that in 1999 about construction and now doesn't know how faucets work? Well, Lawrence, I think a couple of things are going on. And, and one is perhaps the, the most obvious. This is a person who has untreated uh, psychiatric disorders. Uh, and any untreated disorder of any kind worsens over time um, as long as it remains untreated. Uh, so it, it makes perfect sense that somebody who is unhealthy as he is, who is under the extraordinary amount of stress he's under, would have a harder time holding it together cognitively. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting, um, before I get to the second point, is that Donald was always quite good uh, when he was younger at sticking to a point, and mm -hmm. uh, you know he he knew certain things about uh, his business, uh, so he could say perfectly reasonable statements like that with confidence. And let's let's 
be fair. He's very, he was very good uh, at being in the media. And that's one of the main reasons my grandfather chose him to be his successor, uh, because he had that kind of presence. Um, so the second point, though, that it struck me in, in watching that is that his target audience is cha has changed dramatically in the ensuing decades. He used to be focused on becoming a part of New York City's upper crust inner circle. He desperately wanted to be part of that milieu. He desperately wanted to be accepted by his betters, which is how he perceived them. And now he appeals to an audience that appreciates the kind of anecdotes about showers that don't produce water and that uh, is full of the kind of invective and hatred that he has now become expert at. So I think those two things kind of track together. I, I was struck by what you've written about um where he is in relation to the edge as a result of uh, New York State Attorney General Letitia James closing in on him. And that specific line she said in that television interview about she looks at 40 Wall Street every day. Uh, is it your sense that Attorney General James has figured out two things, how to beat Donald Trump in court and how to drive him absolutely insane with statements like that? Yeah, she has his number uh, for sure. And anybody who's from New York who has been paying any attention for the last many decades knows what makes him tick. And what's so fascinating about this latest chapter in his life is that he's finally reached the end of the road. Um, when he was taking over for my grandfather or when he was my grandfather's successor and the one who was going to fill my grandfather's ambitions, he had, he didn't need skill. He just need skill as a real estate developer. He just needed the skill as the arrogant, self-confident, brash guy who played well on television. Um, my grandfather always had hundreds of millions of dollars to prop him up. Um, we know that when, after my grandfather died, Donald sold the empire lock, stock and barrel at a loss of approximately $300 million. So he still had some cash on hand to keep it going and that he kept getting rehabilitated and rehabilitated. A.G. James knows better than anybody else that there's nobody else left to hand Donald a blank check anymore. And that's what keeps him up at night because he is terrified of having the truth about him be known, not just to other people, but to himself, because that's what's kept him going all these times, all these years. The lie that has become in his own mind, the truth about what a great successful man he is. So he, his uh, criminal trial in Manhattan uh, starts uh, Monday, March 25th with jury selection. Uh, you get I get the sense from him from my distance that he is more disturbed at civil judgments that force him to pay money uh, than he is at being criminally indicted where there isn't necessarily any sort of fine involved. You're absolutely right. And there are two reasons for this. The, the most obvious one is that money in my family was always the only currency. It stood in for everything else. The more you have, the more you, you're worth. 
as long as you have more than other people, you're worth more in every sense of what that word means. And the other thing that's really important uh, to keep in mind is that he no longer cares about the criminal trials because, one, they won't necessarily cost him money, but, two, they increase his street cred with his base and with the Republican Party, which is a very devastating commentary on where we are as a country. Uh, so as you go forward uh, this year, uh, w when we're looking at what is bringing him to the edge, we should keep our minds, our eyes more on the civil cases and how is he coming up with the money and how is he getting through that than what's going to happen to him in the criminal trials. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the case, Lawrence. Mary Trump, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Really. She's. Uh, she, she's not wrong. And he is he's he's like a. Nutron star. He's collapsing in of his own gravity. Note coming in about Judge Otis D. Wright and defendant Alexander Smirnov from Billable Rick. I'm not at all surprised by Judge Wright's order that Smirnov be arrested and brought to his courtroom on Monday. You know, his vodka sucks. Uh, sorry. Uh, brought to his courtroom on Monday morning for a show cause hearing. I've appeared before Judge Wright on several occasions. He's a 79-year-old, crusty, hard-ass, and tough-on-crime judge who was nominated by George W. Bush for the district court bench in Los Angeles in 2005. Judge Wright is among the rarest of species, a black Republican. I fully expect that Judge Wright will remand Smirnoff into custody and may even hold an evidentiary hearing to determine if Smirnoff's attorney may have attempted to aid and abet Smirnoff in fleeing the country. I'm sure that Smirnoff's defense attorney is warily eyeing the hearing on Monday and will have turtle squirts all weekend. In anticipation of that hearing, ruined my own lunch, damn it. Even Vladdy Daddy can't rescue Smirnoff or his defense counsel. That's encouraging. Thank you, Billable. Sorry about the snack. Darlene in Connecticut says Special Prosecutor Weiss did a bit of judge and venue shopping, having Smirnoff rearrested in California to go before another judge to rule that he was a flight risk and throw him in jail. Sounds like Weiss is shitting bricks and worrying about his reputation and his career because he also relied on Smirnoff. And don't forget, this probably is the reason why Weiss backed out of the plea deal with Hunter Biden, so now that judge who refused to approve the plea deal is also pissed because she looks like an idiot. Lots of heads need to roll. So where the fuck is Merrick Garland? Why hasn't he handed this over to Jack Smith or appointed another special prosecutor to look into this? Oh, wait. He's an independent, you know, really a Republican who's just disaffected. This is another Russian conspiracy to interfere with our elections and even worse, attempt to overthrow a duly elected sitting American president. This is serious shit. We've got people in Congress who are Russian assets, okay? And guess what, folks? Ukraine is starting to lose the war because they don't have the money, the bullets, etc., that they desperately need. The maggots are fucking this shit up for Putin's benefit in the worst way. This is terribly serious. I don't see people freaking out about this to the degree that they should be, including other Democrats in Congress, and, F and for fuck's sake, Biden needs to show his anger and get up in some people's faces. This is really serious. 
Darlene, it's my understanding he has no problems demonstrating anger in private. He just doesn't throw fits in in in, in public uh, like the former guy did. Uh, but all of all of your points are well taken. I imagine there are no small number of people who are pissed off, even getting even to the point that Jim Jacket off Jordan uh, has finally been heard to say. Well, uh, maybe the guy did lie. No, really, that's Jim Jacket off Jordan saying that. Noting that, uh, uh, no, <laughs> there's no credibility there. This all took place at CPAC, where... Jacket off Jordan was a an invited speaker. There was a, a clip of it of Jacket off Jordan talking to accused sexual abuser Matt Schlapp. And it kinda is well comedy gold. I don't know. Maybe the guy did lie, but it sure is a, is a quite a contrast for Christopher Steele can give false information about President Trump and he continues to get paid. <laughs> oh, they they love their false equivalences so much, but they're so bad at it. This guy, this Mr. Smirnoff can give false information. What they've said is false information and he gets arrested. Double standard. You know, again. I might just be. And this uh, prompted. Um accused sexual abuser Matt Schlapp to uh, push push back, well, uh, to delve more deeply. There is. Catherine Herridge, what is going on? Well, we're, we're, we're trying to dig into this, but what happened here looks really, really wrong in my, my judgment because they've, they've grabbed everything. So this is her, her sources, her information, and that is just does not happen when you're... Catherine Herridge is a reporter for CBS, and she recently uh, decamped therefrom. And the maggots want to investigate. Talking about the, the press, we're talking about what CBS, just this breaking story, CBS fired uh, uh, Catherine Herridge, who, by the way, has done an amazing job, an amazing journalist, fair journalist, um, and, and grabbed her stuff. I mean, literally grabbed her stuff. So uh, this did, you, did you hear the applause? Because the thing is, we were expecting some mad cabbery and wacky zaniness from CPAC, but the level of applause there just sounded like people wadding up potato chip bags. Did you notice? This is, again, I think this further encroachment by folks on the left, which now unfortunately controls the Democrat Party. Democratic, dipshit. This encroachment on First Amendment rights. And, you know, think, think back that we think back to COVID. They told Americans, we had governors and mayors tell Americans, you can't go to church on Sunday. In America? I mean, think about that. The government we, closed down the church. Yes, it's crazy. That we, I, yeah, yes, yes, it's crazy in the pandemic that uh, it, we would not want primary vectors of spreading of a deadly pandemic to spread the deadly pandemic. It's crazy. Because, you know, if you're washed in the blood of Christ... You won't, you, you won't catch it. I, I remember I gave a speech 
to the New Mexico Republican Party in Amarillo, Texas, because their liberal Democrat governor wouldn't let them assemble in their own state. So they had to go to Texas to get the freedom. So they could spread the fucking disease. And speaking of spreading diseases, um, what's his name? Dr. Ladipo in Florida. The Surgeon General of Florida. Yeah, uh, at the suggestion of my dear sister Terry, his new name is the Measles Mullah. Because he has said that in the state of Florida, children who, unvaccinated children who have been exposed to measles are perfectly fine to go back to school. Because what's a little measles here and there? I mean, measles never does anything, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and we've got we've got some more breaking court news. Judge Ngoron finalized his order today, telling Nitwit Nero to pony up four hundred and fifty-four million dollars. That's more than he testified he had in cash on hand the last time he was deposed. Hmm. And now he's scrambling trying to figure out how to uh, not have to sell off all of his stuff. But you remember how Alina Habana 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 Council for the Parking Garage was barking and grunting on Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda, or Newsmuck, or anybody that would point a camera at her that Letitia James is just laser beam focused on ruining Donald Trump. That's all she does. That's all she she was barefoot drinking a Starbucks in the courtroom. Oopsie. Because New York Attorney General Letitia James also brought a civil corruption case against the National Ruble, I mean Rifle Association, and the former head thereof, Wayne the Peter. And a jury handed down a verdict saying that Wayne the Peter needed to pony up 5.4 million bucks, having already paid a million and a half back to the organization he led and, well... Scammed. ABC News uh, said the New York Attorney General's office sued the NRA and its senior management in 2020, claiming they misappropriated millions of dollars to fund personal benefits, including private jets, family vacations, and luxury goods. The accusations came at the end of a three year investigation into the NRA, which is registered in New York as a non Hard to read this without laughing. Nonprofit charitable corporation. And of course, uh, it's worth remembering that Ali North, he of Iran Contra, uh, turned snitch in the case. And actually said that Letitia James's financial allegations were correct. 
And so now the National Ruble, I mean Rifle Association, uh, appears to be falling apart, and their money is drying up. Letitia James, it appears more and more, is someone not with, with, with whom one wishes to mess around. Rather like Lawyer Daggett of near Dardanelle in Yale County. Gosh, Wayne to Peter. I hope it doesn't hurt too little. But there is wacky zaniness at CPAC. Enter Byron Donalds, who was briefly nominated to be Speaker of the House simply because his name is Donald. Little editorial. Byron Donalds is a black guy. He is that rarest of people, a black Republican. And so he showed up at CPAC to talk about, because it will play well to the audience of one, namely his orange Jesus, he showed up to talk about renewable energy, and not in a good way. Don't. And you can almost guess what it was that he was talking about. What, what renewable energy does... Geezer discussed us, hate most of all. I mean, granted, he doesn't like, well. In our economy, we need leadership, too. This nutty Green New Deal stuff, which, by the way, isn't even that green. It's not even that green. When you go and read the studies, these solar panels are dirtier than natural. And the funny thing is, there's no Green New Deal. He's, pontific he's pontificating about a thing that doesn't exist. He could just as easily have been standing up there talking about the professor's coconut, uh, uh, coconut and bamboo bicycle. Natural gas. These wind turbines, there have been more men and women who have died from wind turbines than nuclear power. That is a fact. More people have died from maintaining wind turbines than they've died from nuclear power plants. But you got to have leadership that's going to tell the truth and set, set America on the track going forward. We should have. Karen Silkwood would like a word. Be chasing green technology just to chase green technology. We should be ch chasing the cheapest and most readily available form of energy so all of our people can be successful. Again, with the. Like, wait a minute. Hold on. You know, when they figured out how to do fracking, they tried to, to blame fracking and found out that they were liars about blaming fracking. When we started using That's natural gas, we chip realized bag. that we cut America's emissions in half over a decade, and it still wasn't good enough for the radical left, because it'll never be good enough for the radical left. Uh, the funny thing about those, uh, the cutting of those emissions, every time an attempt was made to cut emissions, you know what happened? A Republican threw a fit. Because it would kill the economy. And so the only way you defeat them is that you got to have leadership who's willing to stand up to them at every point. And we have that leadership in Donald J. Trump.
But we have new things on the horizon. We have yeah, because we know that uh, Tangerine Tiberius has got his own personal jihad against wind turbines, claiming that they're chopping whales into whale chutney. Uh, these wind turbines are terrible, terrible, believe me. Um, God bless America. This great new technology called digital assets. And I know some of you, a lot of you, myself included, are concerned about that being used by the Federal Reserve and the Treasury. No. No. Apparently, apparently Byron Donalds bought the entire Trump NFT collectible card collection, and he's worried about the Treasury coming after I don't. I don't think. I. I could. I think. I think of our dear friend Reverbo. I. I don't. I don't. I think if I sat down with a Jeroboam of rum and 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 drank rum rockaroos all night long. I don't think I could get close to Byron Donalds. Just in terms of. Brains not working right with a central digital bank coin. I don't want the Fed doing anything like that. But if people decide of their own free will to have Bitcoin or any other type of cryptocurrency or to have, you know, these tokens or stable coins, if that's what a free people decide to decide to do, it is not the position of the American government to stand in their way. It should Here, let me the audience is getting Punier and punier. Let me help him. I think I'm going to have to keep a bag of potato chips in the studio for now. <laughs> oh, God, these people. Uh, but I mentioned Judge and Gore on entering his order. Nitwit Nero now has officially 30 days to come up with $450 million in cash or bond. He filed an order today titled Judgment Money. And as of the filing of that order, interest starts accruing on the $454 million dollars at 9% per annum until paid. You, what, Brother Deacon? Chopped into whale chutney. Let's maintain some decorum around here. Whale ceviche, please. I guess I've had chutney on the brain because there's a little market over in Beckley and they carry wonderful... South Asian spices and foods, and I got a jar of plum chutney, and 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 had it with some paratha flatbread. Made it on my griddle; it gets all puffy, and oh, it's wonderful! I love it. And that plum chutney was plum good. See what I did there, Brother Deacon? Don't met, don't fuck with me, fellas. Uh, so. Uh, the 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 nine percent per annum includes prejudgment interest. 
And if he wants to stay the order upon appeal, he's either got to post a bond or deposit the $454 million with the, uh, with the, with the court. I wonder if he's made for it. I wonder if he's sold. Let's see. They're going by. Okay, I'm getting the calculator out. There's no way I can do this by myself. Four, four, ot, ot, ot. Ot, ot, ot. Divide by 400. Uh... I don't know if anybody told him, but that means that Nitwit Nero is going to have to. Hey, it could happen. He's going to have to sell one million one hundred thirty-five thousand pairs of sneakers to get there. And I wonder if uh, I wonder if the maggots have got it. Ooh, that sounds yummy. Uh, Randy Radar says plum chutney is great on ham steaks. I'll bet it would be. Whew. That sounds fantastic. Uh, Stephen New York says Bitcoin stand in their way. When people go bankrupt from this pyramid scheme, I wonder whom they'll ask to bail them out. I know. And then they'll say things like was said uh, in a lawsuit over one of Fox's Buy Gold Now scams. Well, I never believed that Fox would do anything dishonest. Can I please have my retirement back? No, no, Maggot, you can't. <laughs> Steve in New York wind turbines an airborne whale just flew over my head <laughs> oh <an> airborne whale <laughs> uh, you sure it wasn't an airship a whale shaped airship kind of like a grail shaped beacon Steve Darlene with a solid question. When is Jacket Off Jordan going to be investigated? That MFR. Someone please ask him why he and uh, Comer Puke ignored FBI Director Christopher Ray's explicit direct warning to them that Smirnoff could not be trusted, that Smirnoff's intel could not be verified, and that the FBI was investigating Smirnoff? Fucking somebody just asked the son of a bitch that and not let him get away without answering. Manu Raju? Please? And somebody wake up Dick Durbin over there on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Oh, Darlene in Connecticut is in rare form this evening. And I agree. Uh, Ralph's noting, Letitia James hasn't sold 40 Wall Street yet. And uh, as to 1,135,000 pairs of sneakers, Lou in PA, who is relentless and remorseless, says, 
There simply aren't that many Mets fans. Hello. I, I, I know your intended target just heard that. Okay, oops, said Ralphs. I meant Letitia James hasn't reported that Donnie hasn't sold 40 Wall Street yet. There is your correction. Thank you, Ralphs. And we will be going to the uh, old holler tree here momentarily. Might as well go ahead and connect. Just got a couple of other things I want to get to, and then we'll get to the front porch conversation. By the way, uh, we have challenges on the table. Joey and Giraffe and the gang have uh, a $25 what-are-you-going-to-do-about-it challenge on the table. Ralph's was met, courtesy of Dr. Allen. Gary in New York has one, and we can finish off fundraising if we can meet those challenges. And then there's Philip. Ooh, that was loud. And then there's a. Well, why did that happen? Okay, I think I'm in the room now. I mentioned CPAC being a uh, dumpster fire. Uh, one analyst is saying it's on its last legs. Salon columnist Heather Digby Parton said uh, that Matt Schlapp's gropey problems, sexual abuse problems, may account for part of the fact that people are sitting around crumpling potato chip bags and it sounds like a, it sounds like applause that's going to get no, annoying really fast uh, Jimmy Kimmel called it a who's who of who won't accept the results of the election and the speakers every year your standard collection of Roger Stones and Sloppy Steves and Flat Earth Sloppy Steve nice and whatnot, with a few foreign dictators and sexual predators sprinkled in. Heather Digby Parton said, uh, Numerous shots of empty seats have been circulating on social media. If they weren't such hypocrites, one might imagine that conservatives might be put off by the raging scandal around the organization's leader, Matt Schlapp. And the seminars have been dumbed down even further. She said, case in point, a seminar called Catfight, Michelle versus Kamala. And it was a panel of white people attacking the former first lady and current vice president. One of the participants implied that Michelle Obama, oh please, this again, implied that Michelle Obama is really a man. And the whole panel and all the potato chip people out there laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. She concluded, Heather Digby Parton did, by saying CPAC is a mess, and you have to wonder whether it's on its last legs. The truth is that as much as Trump loves CPAC, the MAGA faithful prefer the newer, more exciting conferences put on frequently by Toilet Paper USA, run by Charlie Kirk. He's more edgy and fun. A little bit more court news. Uh, a big loss for uh, 
uh, Herr uh, uh, Reichsführer Himmler, I mean my, uh, uh, Stephen Miller, uh, Herr Miller just lost a case. Strong communities of Arizona versus Maricopa County, in which Miller argued that the largest county in Arizona put too many voting centers around black and Hispanic neighborhoods. Letting too many of them vote. And said that that disadvantaged the white people. Well, 16 days after it filed the case and after uh, Mark Elias, a liberal attorney for uh, and head of democracy docket, 16 days after it filed the case and after we intervened to defend the law, Stephen Miller's right-wing legal group dismisses its lawsuit challenging Maricopa County, Arizona's voting rules. Case over. That was uh, reporter Yvonne Wingett-Sanchez yesterday. So much losing, so much. And uh, I got a note from uh, Billable Rick. The self-refinance and my putter was hot challenge. We're just not going to get this program back out of the gutter, are we? Since I just self-refinanced my credit card debt with the retirement distribution, I have some extra coin in my bank account. So I'd like to offer the following challenge to commemorate that self-refinance and my hot back nine putting performance this morning. I'll pledge $25 unconditionally to be applied to any extant challenge to be doubled to 50 with the initial pledge met. So we will apply that to uh, uh, Joey and the Joey and the kids. What are you going to do about it challenge? And so that challenge is met and Billable is going to throw in an extra 50. As for golf, I got an early morning game with my buddy George on the front nine. I scored a pedestrian seven over which includes a, including a triple bogey and 16 putts. Oh, billable. On the back nine, my putter heated up. After my first and only three putt of the day on hole 14, I rolled in a 30-footer just off the fringe for a birdie on 15. On 16, I got another birdie, a 12-footer. On 17, I narrowly missed a third birdie on a fast downhill breaking putt, but on the, on, on the 18th, headed for the clubhouse, I rolled in a 15-foot putt for my third birdie in four holes. As a result, I shot a one over on the back nine on only 14 putts for an overall score of 68 or eight over. Keep up the good fight. Let us know how your campaign's coming along and how we can help. This weekend is going to see me working on paperwork. I got to get the bank account set up. I got to get the Act Blue account set up, and then we have to start working on signs and banners and digital advertising. It would be nice to win this primary. It really, really would be. So thank you for the challenge. Um, Joey and the Joey and the gang's challenge is met. And so that amounts to seventy five bucks. And that leaves uh, no, that leaves Gary's fire merit garland challenge out there in the ether. And if that gets met, we'll be pretty much done with fundraising all the way to the end of this week, leaving us four days of February to uh, 
finish fully funded for the month of February. Thank you, Billable. Uh, Jeremy asks, uh, Billable, does a pedestrian nine mean you've taken to killing passers-by on the golf course rather than rock stars? Oh, Jeremy. Maybe it does. I don't know. Anyway, let's go over to the old holler tree and see uh, who all has gathered there for the conversation. Hey, Roger. Hello. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Yeah, <clears throat> did a little bit of remodel work on the, the hot tub room and got a lawn mowed and getting my raised beds ready for, for planting. Now that the weather is taking a break for the the warmness, so I should get my snow peas in here pretty quick. But oh, yummy! Just keeping myself busy. You're wait, but uh, hold on. You're mowing grass in February? Yeah, it was getting a little bit tall. Oh, dear me. Well, what what happened is we had that ice storm that came through, and uh, then we had a whole shit ton of rain. And then we've had a couple of days of uh, beautiful, beautiful weather. Who is that? Uh, uh, that's Kevin's speech to text, or text to speech, or something. There we go. I was just trying to do a little bit of stuff there to mute a couple of people. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but and we got then we got some uh, pretty great weather. And the last two days have been just gorgeous with the temperature above 70, above 60 and uh, the sun out every day. And uh, it's supposed to be that way again tomorrow. And if I didn't get that grass mowed, I would have had to go out with a string trimmer to, to log it before I could mow it. Uh, I mowed it really, really high. And if the weather holds for another two or three days, I'll lower the lawnmower down a little bit and, and cap off the top. But I was, when, I was the, heard, when the blades of grass are 8 to 10 inches long, you got to do something to it. Well, true. But I always heard that the first mowing, of course, I don't think that anticipated mowing in February, but I always heard that the first mowing should be a real scalp job. Well, that's fine if the grass is dry enough to be able to mow it and, and gather it. But this stuff was so tall and wet sloppy that uh i could couldn't look lower the mower down so i'll you know wait for it to dry out a bit more then then i'll scalp it down so what what do you what do you mow with roger oh i've got a plug-in electric mower uh and i just plug it into a, an outdoor outlet and jerk around with the cord and mow with an electric mower Wonder how long I got it would tired take. of pulling ropes. I wonder how long it would take me to mow over the cord. I've got a I've got a I've got a cordless battery operated one that I'm quite fond of. Well, I I looked into the the cordless battery hey, operated. Hey Roger. Yeah. Hey, Robin Robin's coming in really really faint. I don't know if it's just me. Okay, let me gain up. There there I had the same problem with Perry last night. Better. Yeah, that's a bit Barely. better. Barely. I'm not having any problems hearing. Yeah, I, if I if I if I gain up, 
if I gain up any more, I'll be overdriving and it'll be all crackly. Let's, uh, I can't turn their camera off. I can only turn off microphones. So, uh, Kevin Scott, okay. Well, that's come, one way to come back in. That's one way to turn the camera off. Yeah, I'm just saying that's one way to turn the camera off. Um, <laughs> thank you, Jeremy. Um, my brother-in-law had a battery-operated mower, and the problem the problem he had was the battery was so heavy, you know, to take it from the charging station and put it in the mower and, and that kind of thing. And I just figured my back little backyard, since I put in my raised bed garden, uh, is so small. Well, it was so small, totally, you know, corner to corner, but so really little grass that I just fight with an extension cord and uh, be careful not to run over it. And uh, it's worked well for the five years we've been here, six years we've been here. Uh, now, for your place, a corded mower isn't going to work. No, for my for my acre, I mean, I've got a I've got a rider. It just, I have a hard time maintaining it because every time I get one, and the, forgive me, every time I get one, Ferg's like, I want to mow, and then it doesn't work anymore. <sighs> so, uh, when it does warm up a little bit, I've got some maintenance work to do. Well, I had a riding lawnmower down in California. And I wore the shit out of it. Actually, I had one, and I wore it out, and then I bought a second one. And uh, it was pretty well wore out when I sold the place. And I brought it up here to so the kid could use it as a little tow tractor to tow a little trailer around his little farm for, you know, hauling fertilizer and that kind of shit. And then it just finally died. I mean, it, it was old and tired. But it was it was a Craftsman 42 inch two blade belly mower, right? And it it did wonders. I think I put two or three different sets of blades on it after I kept sharpening until I sharpened the blades down to where there wasn't any more to sharpen. And then I bought new blades and did them because I had over an acre down there in California. Well, that's what I've got here. And if I could do something about it right now, this would be the perfect time because all the blackberries are down, nothing's sprouting. And I, I just, I've looked around. It used to be you could hire farmers around here, come in with a brush hog and just take care of matters. But it's, it's, proven, it's proven a difficult undertaking so far. Well, they do have, uh, God, I haven't seen one advertised for a long time, but I, I'm not getting the advertisements like I used to for farm equipment. They do have a rototiller-sized motor. Uh, I can't remember the name of the outfit that did it, but it's a, a motor on wheels, and you spin it around one way. You can put a rototiller attachment on it at the back and, and be like a rear tine tiller, mm -hmm. or you can spin the motor around the other way and attach a sickle bar mower on the front of it that's like four foot across. And even if the blackberries are coming up, it'll just snip right through them. Yeah, my biggest and my it, biggest problem is the uh, I'm not sure what kind of maples they are, but they're trash maples, and they've just come up all over the place. And 
hellaciously hard to get rid of. But if their uh, trunk is the size of a number two pencil or a little bit bigger, uh, that sickle bar mower will just chop them right down. We're thinking, we're thinking about into the summer. You only have to chop them down once or twice, and they won't come back. Really? Because I feel I like mean, I've been chopping. I feel like I've been cutting them, da- cutting them down for down here ten years. Well, but the other side of it is what whatever your seed source is is reseeding your uh, your property every fall. True. True. And so there are new ones coming up all the time. I hate them. I do. I got. I got so much work. I got so much work to do around here. I'm waiting for warm weather. A sickle bar mower will slice them right off. Well, let's uh, let's move around the room a little bit. I had a note from uh, Todd. Uh, Todd, join in, my friend. Come in on uh, come in on the stress line or the other line or uh, whatever you want. Uh, Darlene is on fire. Now the chattering class is finally mentioning the likely Putin party in the GOP. They already infiltrated the NRA. Remember the Butina, <laughs> the Alamo. Yeah, uh, t- Todd. Hey, Robin. Yeah. I think you're being a little stingy on the cowbells. You gave Joey like four or five, but you wouldn't give me one from your pedestrian nine joke. You really thought that was cowbell worthy? I think that I think that was worthy of a cowbell. That was pretty well thought out, I think. There you go. Okay. I was not being stingy on the cowbells. Billable Rick is generally in charge of the cowbells. Uh, he's the he's the managing partner of the cowbell committee. But there you go, pedestrian. Yes. Thank you. You're, you're more you're more you're more than welcome. Um. And I just got a note from Jude uh, in the Great Northwest. Um, Florida Surgeon General will not recommend measles vaccine to parents. Yeah, that's a mull measles latipo. They're homicidal. I swear they are homicidal. Maniacs, I might add. Uh, like I said, Does RFK Jr. have a running mate yet? That would be probably a pretty good choice for him. Christopher, I wish you weren't so right. Hi, Christopher. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. Now that your bacon blue cheese uh, dressing mix has arrived, have you remade the Chex Mix? Oh, i got to eat the rest of the first batch first. It is almost gone. I, I was going to say, great God almighty, Christopher, how much did you make? Is it measured in metric tons? Roger knows, yeah, pretty it much. Was a big, it was a big bowl. That was half of it, Roger. Okay, well. I had another whole bag. And that was 12 days ago. But it's it'll keep for at least two weeks. Oh, gosh, yes. So I, got it, I do have to finish up this weekend, but that's not going to be a problem. That stuff is so good. It really is. The homemade is so much better than anything in a bag. Yeah. Oh, not even close. Well, where did Steve go? Okay, Kevin, uh, you need to you need to mute your I mean uh, mute your microphone so that you can hear your uh, assistive device. 
getting quiet around here. Oh, that was no, Ke- but it, it okay. That was uh, a little correction. That was Kevin who sent the uh, uh, the measles article. Uh, Jude just put uh, the, sent that to me. Thank you, Jude, for the clarification. Yeah, me and Arlo just got done with a nice long walk. And how? Of and and, he's and, still and, me. and how is the young fella? Well, he's getting bigger. I'll tell you. Is he growing into the, harder and harder? For is me he growing into up. those paws? Yes. And he bashed through the gate. Ooh. So now I'm really screwed. <laughs> so what is what does the vet say he thinks he is? Uh, okay. Well, it's not even the vet. It's the um. There's a site called Embark, a DNA thing. Oh. Right. And I got that for Christmas from my nieces and nephew. So those results came back, and he is predominantly German Shepherd. Aww. He's got some American Pit. He's got some Black Lab, and he's got a little bit of Belgian Malinois. Well, so, I... like, so like the smartest breeds, basically. Well, our uh, our uh, abiding adoration of the Golden One continues. It it gets a little worse every day. He's he's settled. You know, he's been with us since October, and he's settling down. And I look at Annette, and Annette looks at me, and I go, oh, I can't stand this. I can't love him enough because he's just, I mean, oh. And I brought him a, I brought him like a, a jelly chew toy stick the other day with a little squeaker in it. And I have never seen such a happy dog in my life. He ran to me and was like, for me? Yeah, it's all yours. Woo. And so he just sits there and works on that chew toy and just oh, has so much fun. And he, he comes to my door in the morning when he first gets up and kind of pushes the door open and romps up onto the bed. And There's nothing nothing quite like it. And he's just, he's just, and see, and I'm going to, I'm going to need to, uh, I need y'all to carry some conversation for a minute because uh, Annette is off puppy sitting another, another golden right now. And um, I need to poke my head in there and, because I heard him barking earlier and I just need to make sure he's okay because, well. Hey, Robin, before you go, just a quick question about your golden. Yeah. Yeah, has he had another encounter with the neighbors, kind of like Alfred Hitchcock, the birds? I, um, he doesn't go out. He doesn't go out front out front for his walkies much anymore. If uh, if the German Shepherd across the street is out, we just kind of slip out the studio door here, and that's good because he's getting used to the used to the studio, and because eventually my goal is to have a golden studio studio friend because he's oh, yes. he's so good he would just sit here and look at me with complete adoration and we've uh, we've we've found his favorite treat uh he likes okay i get a slice of american cheese split it into two break a begging strip in two and do begging strip cheese roll ups and I can hold I can hold one in either in either fist and hold them out to him, and he will tell me which one he wants to eat first, 
and I give it to him. I give it to him, and then I close my fist again and say, which one do you want now? And he looks at me like, what do you think, I'm stupid? Give me the other hand, and he'll smack my other paw, and I'll be okay, good boy. Oh. Oh. Now, I mean, it, he, he is officially and completely and totally a Nets, a Nets doggy, but, oh, I'm, I'm devastated. He's. There's room enough for two. And, and, and more. And, and, and Annette, Annette is mommy and I am auntie. And, and, and she can look at him and say, go, go to, go to auntie. And he's gone straight to me. So, you know. <sighs> well, Steve, and Steve said the reason I left, I couldn't hear you. I'd rather hear you than speak. Um, it, Doing my best here. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm very close to overdriving the mic. Uh, anybody else having trouble? I don't think so. Is, am I coming through okay? Yeah, you're fine. I mean, it, apparently uh, Steve was having a hard time hearing me. Yeah, you did go down, but now you're back up again. Okay. Well, Chris, but you're, you're still a little bit muted, huh? Chris, you're coming in to be stronger than Robin's coming in. Yes, and so are you. Uh, it's, it's just it's just kind of weird because I'm looking at the metering and I'm right up against uh, P, um, you know P, pegging the meter. Don't have much more you're, space. You're to get. understandable. You're understandable, Robin. It's just uh, variances in in volumes depending on who's speaking. I said Chris comes in louder. Jeremy came in louder than you, but I, you're you're fine from from my end. Yeah, I think if Steve from New York, as long as the rest of New York isn't on the line with him, like last week, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> the rest of New York. <laughs> Uh, Ralph's asked, "Does he get along with the kiddies? Um, they have an un, they, they they have a uh, they have a detente. Uh, he is frankly terrified of the boys, and the uh, and, and and Lucy will uh, hiss at him from behind the door. So hope you know it's all a process. If he'd been if he'd been raised around them from puppy, they'd be fine." But because they were adult kitties and he's nominally an adult doggy, there's some there's some adjusting to do. Um, uh, Brother Deacon Asa says you're coming through loud and clear. Thank you, Brother Deacon. Uh, he said I think it's a Skype thing. Broadcast side is perfect. Yeah, my my levels look absolutely perfect. Uh, yeah, over on the. So it probably has something to do with the sound card. Ugh. And uh, let me check in on uh, uh, loud and clear and consistent for me, Lou says. And echoing Brother Deacon Asa, Dave number 11 says, levels, all's good over the air. Must be a Skype thing. Ah. Technology. Well, I do have some other fun stuff to delve into. Uh, I got up this morning, and as usual, I fixed my... I, I was getting ready for my doctor's appointment, and that went very, very well. Uh, 
I get to go and have a mole removed. That's going to be fun. But uh, going back to Tommy the Tuber, <laughs> it was another one of the. It was another one of those moments when I, I think I think Matt got oh so close to his toaster. But uh, they 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 were having a. Uh, they they were having an on-air conniption today over Tommy Potato Town. And, you know, some of the... I confess, I enjoy these moments with those two because it's like watching the lights go on. And... Bless her little heart, Mika was just not okay. Just life. And the party of life, you would think, would support that. But one of Alabama's senators appears to be confused about this issue, and I bet you can guess which one. On the sidelines of the right-wing CPAC conference yesterday, Republican Tommy Tuberville reversed his position several times in less than two minutes when our colleague Dasha Burns asked him about the ruling in Alabama. Do you have a reaction to the Alabama Supreme Court ruling on the fact that embryos are children? Yeah, I was all for it. Uh, you know, you just got to look at everything going on in the country. It's a, just attack on families, attack on kids. You know, anything that we can do for the future of our young people because they're our number one commodity, we need to have more kids. We need to have an opportunity to do that. And it, I thought this was the right thing to do. But IVF is used to have more children, and right now IVF services are paused at some of the clinics in Alabama. Aren't you concerned that this could impact people who are trying to have kids? Well, that's for that's for another conversation. I think the big thing is right now you protect, you go back to the situation and, and try to work it out to where it's best for everybody. I mean, it, it, that's what that's what the whole abortion issue is about. So, but this ruling isn't about abortion. It's about no, no, I, IVF and the concern that now families it, might not have access to it. But it's about the same direction. But I agree. But people need to have access. People need to have We need more kids. We need the people to, to have the opportunity to have kids. You know, I'd have to look at the entire bill and how it's written. I have not seen it. Supreme Court decision. Well, I know that. But I'd have to look. I haven't looked at it. But this is state but issue. Women aren't going to be able to have IVF treatments already in some places. Yeah. That's unfortunate. What do you say to them? Unfortunate. <laughs> unfortunate. I don't know. It might some, but you, you know, you don't hear a lot of talk about it. I mean, you, you don't. That that's not a big conversation. Well, it's a conversation now, and and IVF IVF is not a Democrat or Republican issue. Families across the board use it. What, what do you? What is your message to the Supreme Court if this does in fact stop families from being able to use IVF? Well, we don't need that. Wow, Joe. Oh, we need more kids. We need more kids. God. Amen to that. IVF gives the gift. Like I said, poor Mika's got her, ha her hand to her face. Like Couldn't have it. Obviously, Ooh. no command of the issue. He's talking about a bill. He hasn't read the bill. There's no bill. This was a Supreme Court ruling in the state of Alabama. Totally twisted in knots there, as many Republicans have been just in the last two days on this issue. In his state, by the way. It's in his state. It's yeah. not like uh, Dasha... Who did a great job. It wasn't like Dasha was asking him about what happened in the Idaho legislature right. or in the Nevada Court. legislature. He clearly doesn't know or, what IVF or, is. Or in the Oregon Supreme Court or in the, you know, he has no idea. No, no, Mika, he knows what the IVF what? is. That's the Israeli Volunteer Forces. That's what IVF is. And, you know, it'd be like, kind of like Forrest Gump if you got the ball. 
and just ran in circles. He was just Michael Steele. He was just running in circles. He was getting dizzy. He was for that. He was for it. He was for IVF. He was for it. He was for. But he needed to read the bill. And she said, not a bill. It's your state Supreme Court, your state Supreme Court, yeah. not a bill. And this is just another great example. I, the Republicans message. Think about it. Donald Trump yesterday bragged about terminating abortion. He bragged about terminating the right, a 50-year right, in front of a Christian group. At the same time, he's leaking to the New York Times, oh, I'm for a 16-month, 16-week ban. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, and then you have yeah. poor Tommy Tuberville. Poor, poor Tommy running around in circles going, <laughs> I'm for the ruling the that bans I, IVF. I'm for that ruling. Yes, it's good. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate <laughs> that that women can't use and families can't use IVF. It's unfortunate. I'm for it. I'm against it. I need to read the bill. Oh, it's a court case. Nobody's talking about it. It just happened. It's the guy who stopped promotions it, in the military. It, it just happened. Yeah, but this is this is such a nightmare for Republicans politically, and they know it. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's well, first off, he has no clue. He has, he did not know uh, what what even the question was there. He had no understanding of it, no appreciation for it. Uh, they're all reactive. They 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 think it's going to, you know, lurch them in one direction and they realize, oh, that's a dead end. I'll go in another direction on the same issue. Unpacking this a little bit. And I think Mika sort of framed this. Uh, the right way coming into this conversation, that this is not like anything else, because actually it goes to the heart of what pro-life Americans and certainly pro-life individuals um, in, in legislatures have argued for for a long time. And in fact, Kellyanne Conway's own polling firm has shown nationally 86% of Americans uh, support IVF because they understand and appreciate exactly what it is there to do for women and families uh, and, and for individuals who are trying to start a family. But here's the kicker. 83% of those self-same identified Christian right evangelicals support IVF. So Donald Trump is standing up in front of a room bragging about abortion, right, and what he did on abortion. Meanwhile, 83% of the people, 8 out of 10 of every individual in that room, supports the IVF effort that allows women and, and, and individuals to create families. I, I, guess, I guess they're still kind of gobsmacked at the idea that Tommy the Tuber is a fucking idiot. I mean, is there any other explanation... Bueller? Hey, Robin? Yeah. Yes, I'm, I'm at the same restaurant again, so I apologize if it's very loud. Did you get, I, I don't know if you read my email because I, I, I was on the subway and it was shoddy. This is the same state that gave us Hal Heffer. Remember Hal Heffer? Oh, remember him? I knew him. I mean, that guy was like, that was, he was Lyndon Johnson. Like the Lyndon Johnson of Alabama. 
Well, Con- yeah, I mean, he was he was a former chief justice of the Alabama Supreme Court. Ah, see how that works? <coughs> Excuse me. And then he became United States senator forever and actually voted with Ronald Reagan more often than even Republicans did. And he was a Democrat. Okay, but he wasn't a moron. No, no, he wasn't. Uh, when I was a little pimply-faced gospel DJ, I would run the Howell Heflin Report every every Sunday morning when I went in to do the Sunday morning shift. Beat the hell out of going to church. And hey, Robin, go back to your question. Is Tuberhead a, an idiot? Um, all I have to say to that is Occam's Razor. It's a mighty close shave, ain't it? <laughs> yes. I call him Senator Tulip. Always, brother. Don't don't Tulip come from tubers? Aren't they tubers? Or uh, well, they're, they, yeah, they, well, I guess it. Yeah, I guess it's a tube. Tuber. They they they're, they're bulbs. Uh, actually, tulips, daffodils, crocus come from bulbs. Dahlias come from tubers. So he's a dahlia. What do, I'm, okay, I, I can explain myself in a minute. What does a rutabaga qualify as, Roger? Uh, it's in the, uh, I believe, it's a root vegetable. Sort of like beets. Turnips. It's kin to a turnip. Yeah. Okay. Well, I ask because sometimes things get forgotten around here. Uh, I love rutabagas, or as my father called them, Hanovers. And I bought one the other day, just on a lark at the grocery store. And I was gonna, I was gonna peel it and cook it, you know, a little butter, it's wonderful, love them, a little salt, a little pepper. But it got misplaced. And you know, they, they are a hearty root vegetable. Hardy, not hearty, hardy. They're a hardy root vegetable. And so it's not like it was going to go bad anytime soon, but lo and behold, it sprouted. And then it just kind of became an experiment. And so now in the in the in the kitchen in the uh magnificent Kincaid mansion, there is a rutabaga with a beautiful shock of greens growing out of its top and I talk to it every day I walk past it and I look at it and I say I'm root and it's, <laughs> well, thank you Christopher thank you yeah give yourself a cowbell you may that was a chuckle it's it, it it's 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 nice when it's nice when those get picked up and I do and and now Annette's she goes but I'm root uh, Bega, and it's just got this. And so I'm thinking at some point in time, I guess I'm uh, uh, Roger. Would I just take the top off? Not the top, but like cut a third of the way in, dig a little hole, and let it, let it let it go. You could plant the whole thing and let it go, and it'll go up and go to seed. And then you have a whole lot of seed 
that you could plant the next year and get a lot of little rutabagas. Somehow a lot of your uh, a lot of your uh, root crops like that, carrots are a prime example. Um, you plant them, and normally we harvest them and eat the carrot. But they do not produce seed the first year. They produce seed their second year. And they, the bulb part, the, the round part that's underground, is simply a repository of nutrition for the plant to put out the seed stock the following year. Now, if you get them in early enough, you can get seed in the fall. But if a cold comes in and they die back, they come back the next year and put out the seed. Well, I ran across a recipe yesterday that I'm definitely interested in in trying. Uh, this is the food porn portion of the program, y'all. And by the way, uh, we are coming up on the third hour of the program. There's a hundred dollars worth of challenges out there. Billable Rick took care of uh, Joey and the gang's challenge. The what are you going to do about it challenge? And there and and Gary's hundred dollar challenge is still awaiting. And uh, so. Consequently, uh, if we can knock that, if we can knock that out, we'll be finished with fundraising for the week and be fully funded all the way up to the last four days of February and having a fighting chance of finishing the month of February fully funded is, to say the very least, huge. Of course, the the uh, uh, PayPal button is over at HeadOn.Live. Now, I saw this recipe and it just gave me the oh, I, I never thought of doing something like this. Get this: sautéed radishes with green beans. You ever sautéed a radish, Roger? No, um, but radishes come in humongous variety. Um, These look like the typical. These look like the typical grocery store radish. Little little round red ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, no, I've never sautéed them. I've always eaten them raw. But uh, wife's gotten into doing kimchi type stuff. Oh. So, uh, well, last night, since this is the food porn section, last night we had a kimchi salad where you take leaf lettuce and uh, make a, a kimchi sauce and toss the, the lettuce with the kimchi sauce for a couple of hours before dinner and then have a, a kimchi green salad. Excellent. Excellent. That sounds fantastic. You know, between between you and Patricia, dinner's just got to be an adventure every evening. Yeah. Well, right now she's working on a, I think it's called Copa. I think I've heard of that. It's uh, sort of like a prosciutto. You know, you make oh, take, yeah. cure it, and then after, I don't know, two weeks or something into curing, uh, you slice it super thin, and it's supposed to turn out looking very similar to prosciutto. So she and the the youngest boy are in the kitchen working on that, and I'm out back. So we'll see what happens. She had to you buy get a nice uh, melon to go with that. For, well, it's going to be a couple three weeks before we eat it, because um, it's a it's a cured dried cured meat problem dry curing. In the fridge, uh, but she went and bought the the special dry curing bags and a bunch of different spices and 
then of course you had to buy a meat slicer because you can't slice it thin enough with a regular knife. Anyhow, it's kind of you know, see what happens. Oh no, that sounds like it's going to be heavenly. Kick, my latest kick right now because I took some uh, pickled jalapenos up to the Super Bowl party, and everybody left before. Well, anyhow, I came home with most of the jar of, of uh, jalapenos. So I've been taking a, I don't know, half, three-quarters of a shot glass full of jalapenos, chopping them up real fine, scrambling up three eggs, putting them into my cast-iron skillet. Now, now hold up, hold, hold up, Roger. i got to interrupt you here. We've got to be accurate with our language here. Those are not three eggs, at least not in Alabama. Those are three chickens. No, no, well, no, no, no. These were not fertilized eggs. These came from the regular grocery They're still chickens. No, no, no. The egg don't, hasn't been I, no, fertilized. I don't, I don't care, Roger. The, uh, no, the, the, right. the Chief Alabama. Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court has said that if it's not a chicken, it will bring down the wrath of a holy God. Okay, so I, I put I cracked three chickens into a bowl. There, see how easy? Yeah, scramble them up, put them into my nicely seasoned, preheated, cast iron, rounded side skillet. I forget what they call that, a saute skillet instead of a frying skillet. But anyhow, um, sprinkle the finely chopped up jalapenos, and of course there's always a piece of garlic in my jalapenos, and then sprinkle some of that uh, white and yellow mixed Mexican cheese into it, and fold it over and all the rest of that, and have my jalapeno omelet for breakfast. Oh, that sounds so good. You've done it now, Roger. You're going to the um, Colonel Sanders wing of hell. What? Jalapeno peppers with with chicken? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to hell, obviously. Yeah, well, I was thinking that that uh, Alabama Supreme Court case, because of the what the chief justice wrote and the sanctity of life and all the rest of it, if I were the attorney for some death row inmate, um, I think I'd appeal to the Supreme Court to at least give my client the same rights as the fertilized eggs, since all life is sacred, uh, for the Supreme Court to allow the execution of my client is condemning them to going to hell. And in the idea of judicial consistency, the death penalty in Alabama should be tossed. Well, he's like a 3,000-some-odd-day-old embryo, isn't he? Yeah. I don't know whether they fly with the idiot justices, but... Uh, did Roger just say judicial consistency? Yeah, slap him. Was that a joke? Or what was that? I, I guess one could consider it to be a joke. And, and you know, I'm just trying to point out the absolute hypocrisy of uh, these people that used to, people who still claim to belong to a party that used to be known as Republicans. Uh, yeah, the hypocrisy just blows me out of the water. It's their primary superpower. Oh, thank you, Ralphs, and thank you, Jeremy, for jumping in on Gary's challenge. We have $68 to go on it now. Thank you both so much. 
Hey, y'all, I'm going to actually step off here because I can't hear. I'm having a problem hearing Robin, so I'm just going to listen on the, on the stream. Y'all have a good weekend. All right, Steve, take hey, care, Steve, dude. Steve, have fun tonight. Well, if he wasn't living in the middle of an echo chamber. I mean, he's, he's in a restaurant. Focused. It's a noisy restaurant in, a restaurant in Gotham. That's what you do on Saturday. I'm sorry, Friday evening. Yes. In New York. Uh, by the way, I've got a note from uh, Dave in the Blind for you, Christopher. Huh. Dave says, uh, tell Christopher and Roger they're welcome. I'm glad I could help make their Super Bowl great. With all yes, this, absolutely. It, with Dave. all the stuff that's going on, I'm glad to know that my checks mix has reached an appreciative audience. Uh, Christopher, keep up the good work. I use the leftover spices to season my ramen. With sautéed radishes, that sounds like it would be difficult considering how much water is in radishes. I love the food porn portions of the program. Keep up the good work. Uh, your buddy, Dave in the Blind. And uh, Lou in PA said, I understand it will be uh, months until the Trump high tops are delivered. Maybe not until July. Uh, well, apparently on those Trump high tops, they were – Talking June or July delivery, but there was a little caveat in the, the order form, which I did not actually read the order form. I'm only repeating what somebody else said. You uh, may never receive these shoes. Correct. And ah! we will not refund your They're money not, if you don't. They're not going to. It was a cash grab. There's no shoes being sold. It was a lie. It's a, it's a fraud. Come on, people. Where are these supposed shoes made? I assume it's China. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's one. Of, I'm sure it's one of Iwanka's uh, press, uh, the, the the sweatshops in China. Iwanka's children. Iwanka's sweatshops. <laughs> Chained to the floor. Well, it, I has anybody heard whether or not E. Jean Carroll has filed the third round of? Uh, Defamation. I'm sure, her lawyers are on it. No well, they're getting the papers in order. They threatened that uh, he didn't quit, and uh, they they threatened to file another one. But I'm wondering if they've actually filed it yet. I mean, if the first jury awarded five million dollars in the hopes to get him to shut up, and then the second jury awarded eighty-three million dollars because he didn't shut up after the first one. How much is the third jury going to award? Well, that's an, that's some an exponential cipher in there, Roger. We'll leave that to no. you. Um, you got to draw the asymptote and all that good stuff. All right, let's deal with this <laughs> a little bit. E to the a, something something the power equals times eighty-three equals. Um, if they were to, if they were to up it as much as they did the first, you know, from the five million to the eighty-three million, if they were to step it up again, it would be one billion three hundred and seventy-seven <laughs> million. Yay! <laughs> that was a factor of sixteen. Okay, sounds good. And this, Roger, is why you're the Horn Chief Mathematician. Yes. Well, that and the calculator on my cell phone. Oh, leave, let pe- come on, let people, let people, let people have their have have their mythology. 
Well, just revel, just revel in the fact that he's either going to die first or die broke. Between that, the hundred million coming part of the IRS, individual suing people like, uh, like like police officers and stuff, they could easily get a hundred, hundred fifty million each a piece. He's done. He's cooked money wise. It's over. Well, what I like was the the picture I saw on Facebook of this person saying that her husband was just a broke shoe salesman. And there's and right next to it was a picture of melanoma. Well, yeah, so's mine. Speaking of <laughs> Roger, I've seen two this week. One was a morphed picture of like when Jordan was selling Air Jordans. It's Trump in the air spread out that way with the gold with the big with the yeah, but with the big overhanging gut. No, someone changed it though, Robin. They put underneath if wearing these shoes you're guaranteed to be six three and two fifteen. <laughs> I saw it captioned hair treason. It, that too. And then I saw another one, which is Trump in his typical blue suit, stupid fucking tie, lying in bed next to Melania. And he's whispering, What would you like to do to my body? And her answer is identify it. A nice. Oh yeah, cowbell. That's awesome. That is tremendous. Yeah, I was quick on the draw with that one. And yet, my MAGA friend still is bad mouthing Biden and promoting Trump. Isn't that their new thing now? Like they'll just come at you because they don't have anything else. Is okay, Biden or Trump? And so they get you on the defensive right away with that. And then so if you say Biden, then they're like, oh, he's so corrupt. And oh, he's 81. Oh, blah, blah. He's killing well, the Palestinians. Blah, blah, blah. I, I do poke the bear a little bit. Um, I posted a, a thing about, well, now that the two witnesses that were providing information to the uh, impeachment committee and the Hunter Biden committee have both been found to be operatives of the Russian government and are being uh, arrested and prosecuted for perjury. Where does that leave you in saying that Joe Biden is a crooked president? And they just were very silent on that. They didn't come back with anything. So even Fox News is starting to backpedal a little bit on the uh, eminent corruption of, of Hunter and, and Joe and uh, admitting that the FBI's 1039 file or whatever the hell that report was that Hannity was crowing about uh, no longer seems to be able to be found. So You know, it's it, it's almost starting to sound like Hillary is right when she said that all maggots are deplorable. And all roads lead back to Russia. It's almost like she was right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, almost, it's, it's, almost. It's almost like she had a crystal ball. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And like everybody on the show, too, pretty much. Well, and then the other one is that the maggots like to do is they, they're still trying to blame Hillary for Benghazi. Even when I point out it was the Republicans that took the money away for the increased... Uh, security yeah. at the CIA outpost in Benghazi. Well, but at she didn't embassy. send 
Yeah. She did. No, it wasn't the embassy. It was a consulate office yeah. in Benghazi, oh, okay. which was a CIA. Basically, it was a CIA uh, workstation that was called a consulate. And it had very little security because that's just a consulate. You know, you don't need a whole hell of a lot of security there. But they wanted more security. And the, the Congress rejected the funding for that security. And then when the attack happened, uh, uh, the Hillary is bad because she didn't send in troops to help with the defense of the consulate. But there weren't any troops within about three or four hours of the consulate. And even if she'd given the order, that firefight would have been long over and gone before any reinforcements could have gotten there. They said that consulate was four hours from the fastest fighter jet we had. I was talking reinforcements, i.e. ground troops. No, 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 no. I'm just saying that's how how fast the furthest fighter jet could have gotten there to drop bombs on these insurgents. That's how far out it fucking was. Well, but but even if they dropped bombs on it, they would have killed everybody at the in the consulate office as well. I know, and maybe you said it, maybe I missed it, but the people who voted no were Republicans for the security that they asked for. Correct. It was the Republican Congress that declined increased funding for uh, an increased uh, fighting force at the Benghazi consulate. Exactly. And then they blame Hillary because she didn't send in troops to rescue them when the attack started. And, and they couldn't have gotten there fast enough. Anyhow. I'm going to ask Robin a question, which is going to take the show in a direction that people will not like, but fucking so be it. Oh, no. Robin, what do you think about the update to the, uh, the the trans girl being or trans person being murdered? How quick the police say it wasn't her injuries that killed her or them? Uh, first of all, I don't I don't think it'll I don't think it'll bother the community that much. I mean, this is an important story. Um. I think they were doing their dead-level best to sweep it under the rug because there's another trans kid in that same high school in Owasso who said that this has been a 10-year pattern in practice because apparently people are the coming forward now and saying, you know, it's been like this for a long time. And for but there's every likelihood in the world that the... Owasso PD is probably dirty and homophobic and transphobic because, well, you know, ACAB. This isn't just kids being kids. No, no, that's why they got the search warrant, Jeremy, and went in and they're seizing cell phones because they're apparently they they're now that they've been forced to confront the issue, they're beginning to suspect that this was planned. It's taught by the the parents, obviously. First of all, parents taught these kids it's okay to ostracize people they don't like for whatever reason. Then it became violent. But I'm going to say, while we know this isn't natural, I have a young niece. She's she's going to be 12 years old, I believe. I should know that. I really should. Bad me. But anyway, she has a non-binary classmate. Uh 
And my mom had mentioned this person to her last year to see if she would invite them to her birthday party. And Mary spoke up and said, Grandma, she likes to be called they. No pauses. Cut my mother, grandmother off completely and stopped her in her tracks. Didn't think a thing of it. Not a goddamn thing of it. Thought it was just normal like any little kid out there. Sure. Well, and, and see, the, the, there's this isn't directly related, but about a, a few days before Next Benedict was lynched, and again, I'm going to keep using that until there's evidence to the contrary. I'm, this was a lynching, okay? And, no, and I think I'm the only one saying it so far, but among other things, uh, members of the LGBTQ community are begging the Biden Justice Department to get involved because they're saying that, frankly, small-town police departments cannot be trusted. And it's not like there's a lack of empirical data on that fact. But secondly, the superintendent that got absolutely dressed down at a school board meeting a few nights ago by the vice mayor of the village, Oklahoma... Uh, and and I, I, I reported on that last night. Well, Ryan Walters, that particular uh, school superintendent, this is the asshole who hired Chaya Raitchik, the libs of TikTok person who refers to themselves as a, a stochastic terrorist, unironically. Days before the lynching of Next Benedict, Ryan Walters, the head of the Board of Education of Oklahoma, actually celebrated an elementary school principal who resigned because he had been, uh, because he, Ryan Walters, had been calling for his head for months. He'd been on the job for five months. Uh, Libs of TikTok had had uh, attacked Shane Mernon, the former principal at John Glenn Elementary School, because uh, Chaya Raitchik said they had evidence that Shane Mernon, the principal, had performed in his own time, not at school, as a drag queen. And after Chaya Ratchik did that, well, uh, uh, the school district immediately began receiving bomb threats. That's the pattern and practice that attends this kind of stochastic terrorism. And Ryan Walters, the head of the Board of Education, no kidding, actually celebrated the departure of Mr. Mernon. For his own part, Mr. Mernon said, I'm a very professional person. I've worked really hard. I've gone to school. I got my bachelor's, my master's, my doctorate. I've been devoted to education, trying to make it a better thing. But they've destroyed me. And I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing now. This has been a nightmare. And Ryan Walters jumped out and said, 
Drag queens do not belong in Oklahoma schools. Zero tolerance. And then he made a video saying, it's a great day for Oklahoma schools. Big win today. The drag queen is out at Western Heights. I've demanded it from day one. This individual shouldn't be in a school. You should not be working with young kids. And a couple of days later, next Benedict gets lynched. Yeah, I would say that it's not a coincidence. And tell me again how the, how we're not a fascist state? Exactly. Or at least a lot of the states are fascist states? Yeah, it's scary as hell. I wanted to go back to the, uh, to the, uh, to the Biden, you know, the whistleblower that's now in custody. Didn't jack it off, uh, Jim, uh, sweaty wrestler junior Jordan. Didn't he say that the, that doesn't change his case at all? That facts are facts? Something to that effect? I caught a, a brief video audio clip of him saying that, but how stupid are people when your star witness has just been charged by a Republican special counsel for lying to uh, the government? And, and see, so you have to understand the the uh, director of the FBI, Christopher Ray. We won't have issues with him. He uh, warned Comer Pyle and Jacket Off Jordan and that whole dirty bunch that this guy was not credible and was not to be believed. But they did it anyway. And uh, I saw this earlier today. Counsel for Cassidy Hutchinson is saying there may be another crooked witness. Which would not surprise me in the least. Uh, and that would be, and, and pay attention to this name, Tony Bobolinsky, who was once somehow associated in business with Hunter Biden. And he's been running around, running his mouth, and was so ridiculous that Jamie Raskin, who is, generally keeps pretty solid uh, control of his temper, uh, absolutely excoriated the dude. And so Bobolinsky said that Cassidy Hutchinson had lied on him in her book when she saw him secretively talking to Mark Meadows in Rome, Georgia. She said she, really she, she said she, she said she recalled him wearing a ski mask and saw Mark Meadows hand him what appeared to be a folded sheet of paper or a small envelope. Well, I'm thinking that Fawny Willis, when she gets done with what she's doing in Georgia, 
ought to be brought in because if she, she gets to. Really, well, even if she, if she doesn't get to, I think she should be brought in as a special counsel to investigate the conspiracy, the ongoing conspiracy that includes Jackadoff Jordan and all his other yahoos in Congress with this clearly false accusation of Hunter Biden and uh, Joe Biden against him uh, that, 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 that the Republican Congress is doing, because clearly it's a criminal conspiracy. Yeah, uh, but, but, the, but the thing is, uh, Fonnie Willis's expertise is in Georgia law, not federal. Yeah, or I, or I, yes, I stand corrected, but, but the simple point is here, how in the hell is WIMP Attorney General not investigating the criminal conspiracy that has been engaged in for the last three fucking well, at least two years um, on, on these phony uh, impeachment investigations. Well, and, and that, and that, up and that, and that, and that, and that, that may yet happen. I mean, you have to be careful, Roger, because you don't want to run afoul. I mean, it's not that you can't run afoul of the speech and debate clause. Uh, because if it if it happens during the course of a hearing or it. Now, is there nuance outside the, the, the well of the House or a committee hearing room or conversations? That, that's a different matter. But I want to go back to this Bobolinsky business. Because, have you ever noticed that every time there's a there's – a, 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 I mean, does Nitwit Nero run around with anybody named Smith? I mean, Meadows? Okay. So the funny thing is – he called Bobolinsky and Bobolinsky's lawyer called Cassidy Hutchinson a liar for saying that she saw Mark Meadows hand him what appeared to be a folded sheet of paper or a small envelope. Note this name. You're going to hear more about it in the near future. So William H. Jordan is counsel for uh, Cassidy Hutchinson. And he wrote a letter. <laughs> saying, Mr. Bobolinsky claims under oath that he was not wearing a mask, that Mr. Meadows did not hand him anything, and that Ms. Hutchinson was fabricating facts. Perhaps Mr. Bobolinsky's memory is impaired about the meeting, and a picture would help refresh his recollection. And having said that, he included in his correspondence a photograph of Mark Meadows and Bobolinsky talking in Rome, Georgia, in which Bobolinsky is indeed wearing a ski mask covering his face. So, ding! Looks like we got some perjury going on, doesn't it? Well, if he's wearing a ski mask, how can you identify him? Because she knew him previously? Well, but he, he could say that wasn't me. It was just somebody about my same size and shape, but that, that's not me. Whose name was Bobolinsky? Yeah, it was that other Bobolinsky. Yeah, the other bobblehead. So th this, 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 
it just keeps blowing up. Um, by the way, a note coming in from Darlene in Connecticut. Trump sneakers. Don't forget in the Angoron disgorgement case in New York, Trump explained, quote, Trump explained the document showed the standard disclaimer he used on financial records he sent to lenders, essentially saying they can't rely on him to tell the truth. Darlene says he never learns. P.S. And when I asked S-I-R-I, because I don't dare say it in front of her, to look this up, she misunderstood me, thinking I was asking it to call Trump Tower, and suddenly my phone rang up, freaking Trump Tower. Darlene, don't, <laughs> Darlene, honey, don't don't trust her. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just. Dar, I've just now I've got this mental image of Darlene calling Trump Tower and saying, "Is your refrigerator running?" Nah. <laughs> Do you have Prince Albert? Have in a, a do you for, have Prince Albert in a can? I have a quiz for everybody. You may not get this, and if you do, I'll be surprised. Does anyone know what Donald Trump's grandfather's middle name was without looking it up? Yeah, Christ. So now you know what they mean by the second coming of Christ. Oh wait, Bobolinsky. It's cowbell time. Matt in San Francisco says. Wasn't he Rizzo's boyfriend in Greece? Oh! Ah! <laughs> That's terrific. Oh, now I have to watch Greece tonight. <laughs> Maybe Trump can uh, start selling bobbleheads of him. Bobblehensky bobbleheads. Say that. Separately. Hey, how's it going, everybody? You hear me? Yeah. Hey, Kevin. Hey, so, uh, hey, how you doing, everybody? Um, March first now this uh, hearing for finding Willis. I've just I just read. Yeah. The, uh, uh, what's the What's with the delay? I mean, what is the hell is going on? Here? Okay, so apparently. I mean, if you guys are already been over it, don't. You know what I mean? Uh, no, I, 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 I haven't. I haven't. I haven't talked about it yet because it's like, oh, oh. fuck, really? So I got in kind of late. So anyway, uh, apparently there is talk, for what it's worth, of. Cell phone data contradicting the testimony given by Bonnie Willis and Mr. Wade. Uh, here we freaking go. Anyway, okay. Yeah. Um, let me let me see who's who's doing the saying here. Just take me a second to scroll through it. I had it in the stack. Uh, the story comes from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. And their report says the cell phone data appears to contradict testimony from Fonnie Willis last week uh, where she said that Wade visited her condo in Hapeville no more than 10 times before he was hired in November 2021. Uh, The data turns on whether or not, it it all turns on when, when they began their romantic relationship. Because she said it didn't start until after he was hired. And so this data apparently shows him arriving late at night at her home, leaving early the next morning before they said the relationship began. And she testified that they didn't spend the night together. And I'm I'm really... Ah, uh, I don't. I don't, has, I, I don't. I don't know if there's. I don't know if there's a way for me to address this 
without coming across like a shithead. And this has what to do with the guilt or innocence of the 18 people charged? Not a god, not a goddamn thing, but prosecutorial misconduct, Roger. And, and and I'm sure Billable and Steve and, and Darlene can confirm this. Prosecutorial misconduct will tank the entire thing or else at least get her removed from the case, at which point the body charged with filling vacancies under such circumstances in Georgia will simply not Because there's already there's already uh, uh, cases like that. Uh, what's his name? Burt Jones uh, got busted, but she couldn't prosecute him because she had been to uh, she had she had hosted a fundraiser for his opponent. He was the lieutenant governor of Georgia, and she got pulled off the case for hosting that fundraiser, which was really a I mean that's a rookie mistake. Especially for, you know, a judge or a prosecutor. I mean, okay, so you're a member of the legislature. Cool, do that. But judges and prosecutors are held to different standards. So, Kevin, does that help? Yeah, yeah, that helps. And we've got 26 minutes and change left in the program. 68 bucks to go to meet Gary's challenge. Thank you so very much if we can get that done. Because it's a mad da- it's a mad dash to the end of the month to, to pay all the bills. Everything that comes in turns around and goes out. Uh, Steve in New York said, Fox backtracking, they've got dominion on the mind. That's why. Yeah. And just for the... Uh, just for the humor value of it, Nitwit Nero showed up in South Carolina today to speechify, and this goes back to what um, it was almost prophetic. What Lawrence O'Donnell was talking about last night with Mary Trump, he's just babbling things now, and I don't know if Todd's out there, but Todd's law—it's—I've I've raised it to a, a law of nature. He ain't gonna make it. That's what I thought about when I saw that interview. I thought of Todd. Among other things, he said there was an there was an unexpected dump. The soup pie cane is broken, and a friend is a person who sticks with you in times of bad. Uh, I wonder Nick and Haley staying in. Soup pie cane. Maybe supply train. Uh, all, of a, all of a sudden, there was this big dump. Where did it come from? And now we're back to Darlene's references to his diapers. They're pumping it as much as they can under the Trump. Three years, lady, lady, lady. How about that? Yeah, I'd be going nowhere if I was Nikki Haley right now. Right, but she's but 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 she's she's also you know she's she's trying to have her cake and eat it too. Oh, I know. I mean, I I, I mean, she's not you know, but still. An embryo is a baby. 
really, Mrs. Governor, Ambassador, Speaker of the House, Haley? You know, she she could have came out and said the right thing on that, and I don't think it would have cost her a goddamn thing. If she came out and said, you know what, an embryo's not a baby, uh, you know, did some research, you know, got her got, got some good answers going and everything, and still had, but then still walked a, a, a uh, what's what I'm looking for? A conservative line. Another lane, you know? Yeah, but the, but but she keeps being held up as the Trump alternative. And maybe she is, but she's no smarter. And every time she gets a substantive question, she fucks it up because all she can think about is what is the what is the right answer for the maggots? Yeah. And then also in that speech, Nitwit Nira said, in times of bad, she'll call me up, say, don't worry about it, sir. You're doing great. And the Biden-Harris campaign said, a lot of people don't know how smart and respected Marjorie Taylor Greene is. <laughs> oh, that's one of those sick burns. But technically, none of the Republican candidates have quit. They've just suspended their campaigns. They're all hedging their bets. He's going to die before this happens. And then it's hell among the yearlings. You see how that Mellon Bank air guy is giving Kennedy some big, big money? Oh, I have no doubt. There are a lot and of people. Also, there are a lot of people out here who hate this country, Kevin. Apparently, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yep. They're in with Putin. They're 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 down for that. They're they're down with the system, you know. And Christopher, thank you so much. Uh, Christopher just jumped in. And said, uh, let's get down to zero, y'all. Let's finish the week done. And so we've got $58 to go now to uh, finish fundraising all the way up to this evening. We haven't had a, we haven't had that opportunity in a very long time. This has been... Robin, throw me in for 30. Okay. Thank you, Kevin. So yep. that gets us down to 28, y'all. 28 bucks. And that I'll, is absolutely stunning. Roger, thank you. Look at that, y'all. We went from sixteen. Right, we went. We we went from a huge deficit, sixteen hundred dollars. So many thanks to Dr. Allen. Um, and now we are all we have to do next week is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's twelve hundred bucks, and we're fully funded for the entire month of February. Thank you. And uh, by the way, Alan, uh, Alan's kind gift was uh, in celebration of the 20th anniversary of the horn, which I think is just so kind. And uh, wait what? a minute, Robin, I just went to the contribute tab. And it says please use the PayPal interface below, and there's nothing there. No, the PayPal the PayPal interface is on the main page. All right, I my screw up. Okay. No, it wasn't yours. Uh, not at all. Uh, back to Fonnie Willis for a minute. Stephen New York says, I keep thinking about this. What would I think if she were prosecuting Joe Biden? Would these same actions bother me? Would I be calling for her disqualification in that case? I don't know. But I'm skeptical I'd be so tolerant of her actions. No, this feels like, I'll go ahead and say it. If the And, and the thing is, in these hearings, the court, check me if I'm wrong, Billable Rick, Steve, Darlene, 
in these hearings, the court is obliged to take the evidence in the light most favorable to the movement, the person making the motion. And if you look at it that way, taking the allegations in the light most favorable to Mike Roman, the guy who brought all of this, then look, this looks like a monumental fuck-up. And I don't like saying that. Uh, am I wrong? It absolute, You're absolutely right. It has nothing to do with the charges. But again, prosecutors and judges are held to a higher standard. It's not actual impropriety. It is the appearance of impropriety. And if we now have evidence to suggest that she was something less than forthcoming on the stand, no matter how good she was, that's going to that's gonna have repercussions that just go and go and go and go. Yeah, and they'll, they'll stretch it out to the Biden campaign somehow. They'll kind of worm it in. I mean, am I wrong? No, no you're pull, right. Pull, pull, me, pull me off the ledge here. Again, it's the old Nixon. It's not the crime; it's the cover-up. And yeah. they know better. You can't lie on their stand. What the fuck, man? And nobody gives a shit about their affair. Nobody. Well, the maggots maybe, but nobody with any sense. And, and why the I, fuck would they lie? Look, I want to. I want to be. I want to be gentle and reasonable about this. I understand. Connections, I understand attraction, I've even felt it from time to time. But there, you know, you got to take a step. How do you do this and think, nah, it'll be okay, nobody will know. Long time ago, and this is Georgia related as well. A long time ago, a humor columnist, and I used to love to read his stuff. Uh, he wrote for Sports <laughs> Illustrated. He wrote for uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He published books. His name was Louis Grizzard, and he's long since gone. He had heart problems, but, but he, wrote a, he wrote a lot of stuff that I loved when I was a teenager. I mean, it was grown-up stuff, but one of the things he said is that the first rule of cheating, and neither and understand, neither of them were cheating, but this still applies. The first law of cheating is you will get caught. It's not you might, it's not you may, it's not possibly. You will get caught. And if that's just for your average cheater out there, what does that mean in context of someone who is in charge of one of the most profound republic-altering prosecutions in the history of this whole blessed country? Exactly. Again, check me if I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. I want to be wrong. I I mean, we talked about this last week, right? 
I think we all came to an agreement. There was absolutely nothing wrong on its face with their relationship as long as there wasn't uh, any question about the money, which funds paid for what hotel rooms or dinners or this and that. Um, and the timeline was important, too. But if some of that's questionable and if the testimony, if their testimony is te- questionable, that all got, so it goes out the window. Then it's a totally different ball game. Yeah, you've just you've just handed the defense something with which to distract the jury. Yep. He's going to. Yeah, they're going to have to take her off the case and start all over again. It's like, you know, going back down, going, uh, like, sorry, like the game, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, like man has to start back, start back at the start, right? Yeah, I yeah. played that game when I was a kid, and, oh, oh, it was so frustrating. And, therefore, so there's un- one it- out of the chamber, huh? Is it unreasonable for her to come back at this little, you know, whatever shit show we're seeing here and say, yeah, we're working on the case? I mean, Who's going to prove that they were doing something other than they were working? I mean, it's not unreasonable. Well, I mean, that 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 argument, that argument, yeah, that argument exists, Jeremy. Uh, Steve says I've got it backwards. Don't lose all hope. Uh, I'm not no, and well, I mean, I'm not hoping anything. I've been, you know, I I don't do hope and I don't do believe. Yeah, hope in one hand and shit in the other, and see which one fills up first. Steve says I think you have it backward. The court assumes the inferences in favor of the non-movement, the respondent. Regarding Ms. Willis, I think the issue is whether what she said on the stand was material. Were her statements, if false, material? Were they failures of memory or an intent to deceive? I don't know. But again, we're in this position, and it's an unforced error. It's an own goal. It's shit that we're talking about instead of talking about the criminality of that entire cabal who engaged in a racketeer-influenced corrupt organization practice and practices and tried to overturn an election. At least he generated a couple of guilty pleas before it ever went to trial. Yeah, and, and Steve adds, at this point, it's not about the money. It's about whether she was intentionally and materially deceptive. The look is the issue here. Or as the the, the current uh, the current verbiage is, the optics. And then uh, this is, I don't know if you'll hear it. the uh, the uh, DOJ has just indicted a journalist on something that looks really really sketchy. A while back. Testicle-toasting Tuckio Rose Carlson, masculine man of masculine masculinity manliness, sat down for an interview with The. And in that interview, The proceeded to just spew absolutely filthy anti-Semitic remarks. Well, the journalist, Timothy Burke who used to work for the Daily Beast, who's a media consultant, got hold of 
outtakes, unpublished clips of the interview between testicle toasting Tuckio Rose Carlson and the. And the outtakes he then published and disseminated. And in this indictment that came down from the DOJ, it says that he utilized compromised credentials to gain unauthorized access to protected computers and scouring those protected computers for electronic items and information obtained the clips. He accessed a video stream of an interview featuring a show host for a multinational media company based in New York City on October 6, 2022, the same day that the interview itself aired. And he, and, and, and Burke, the defendant, says, no, we didn't hack anybody. We used information that was publicly posted to the Internet. If a video is posted, public, unencrypted, and unprotected, then there's simply no crime committed when a journalist like Tim finds it, reviews it, and accurately reports on it, even where, and maybe especially where, the subjects wish it was suppressed. Uh, that was what his counsel, Mark Roche, told the Washington Post last year. That is the essence of journalism in the digital age. Now, Vice and Media Matters each published the clips. They're not being pursued by the DOJ. And the Freedom of the Press Foundation is having a fit. Uh, Caitlin Vogus is deputy director of that organization. She said, an investigative journalist's job is to find information that powerful people would prefer to be kept secret. It's a safe bet that if journalists need to ask permission to publish information that casts public figures in a negative light, the answer will often be no. Journalists should be encouraged to use the Internet to find newsworthy information, not prosecuted for doing so. And it's not just because he, uh, Burke, aired unflattering information relative to the and the testicle toaster. It's the whole principle of going after a journalist for doing journalism. This isn't, you know, this isn't Fozzie Bear uh, in a troll farm in Russia somewhere. This is an American investigative journalist doing what journalists do. And it, see, it's, it seems like an, an entirely bullshit prosecution. And once again, we find ourselves asking the question, what the fuck is going on with Merrick Garland? Seems to be a recurring theme of late, doesn't it? Well, it really does, Christopher. And then one I'm other... And, sure and then Joe, when he wins, he'll be out a day after... Inaugural day, he'll be gone. He'll definitely be gone. I I, I, I wish he would go ahead and announce his resig his his resignation. Uh, before the election, or you know, I'll the, be you the know, right I'll, wing I'll, will jump all. I'll be out on I'll all. be out on January one. I don't know. Of course, Dangerous. of course, under the circumstances, I don't know if they could get a. 
I, you might, yeah, you're right, Christopher. You might want to wait until after the election in the desperate hope that you, it, there wouldn't be some humongous fight, assuming Biden's reelected, just getting an attorney general on board. And, okay, one last thing. Because, God Almighty, they, 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 you know, this is the old Danny Green clip. They are who we thought they were. Uh, it's a, a little more wackiness from CPAC. This isn't wacky. This is evil. There was a billboard today at CPAC that cast men who beat their spouses as the true victims. Oh, wow. A sign entitled, Nuking the Nuclear Family, and said that U.S. policies ignore the science that domestic violence is an equal opportunity problem, and said that domestic violence statutes are overly broad. It's not equal opportunity. Because 94% of the victims of um, intimate partner murder suicides are women. These people are knocking butts. Unbelievable. I'm, you know, all this talk I'm hearing on Majority Report about. Oh, Biden's as bad as Trump, and oh, who are we going to flip a coin, who are we going to vote for? I mean, come on, come on, people. Let's get real. Let's get fucking real. And for the, for, you know, I, I wish the multimillionaire for-profit media would do a little bit more due diligence. Everything, because what this is 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 this is both siderism writ large. The maggots scream, "Biden's old," because they know that Trump is old. They say, "Biden's got dementia." Biden's senile because they know their guy has dementia and their guy is senile. And the for-profit media goes, "Well, okay, we'll report it." What? It feels kind of weird to be gooning on the for-profit media on the one hand and saying that journalists need to be able to do what journalists do on the other. But the thing is, Tim Burke, in in the in the uh, uh, the Tucker Carlson the thingy, was actually doing journalism, whereas simply repeating the confessions and projections of a bunch of maggots isn't. Well, it kind of reminds me of the thing about where the weatherman's on TV and two people call up the studio. And one of them says it's raining outside, and the other one says it's sunny outside. And the weatherman points out that there are two views, and it's, well, possible, blah, 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 instead of opening the fucking window and looking out. <laughs> Stephanie Miller's point. been saying for at, least, for at least six months since Pee Wee Herman died that this is the Republicans' only defense now. It's the Pee Wee Herman defense. I'm not. You are. Because they have nothing else. They can't defend what they're doing other than to say you're doing it. You're, you're Biden's, uh, not Trump. Biden's insane, not you, not us. I've heard it's another same one of their like, superpowers, like, Jeremy, Trump friend, projection. Yeah. Biden stumbles and says funny things. And like Trump doesn't. They're both older gentlemen. But goddamn, what Trump says doesn't make sense. Well, Biden shakes hands at people who aren't there. 
say it was during COVID, you stupid asshole. He was shaking their hands from across the room to condole them and say, hey, just putting his hand like he's shaking. So he couldn't touch them physically. So what's and it said it was a edited clip. Just oh, I don't even want to get into it. It's just mind-numbingly stupid and drives me nuts. Well, back to a little bit of food porn. Uh, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, Patricia and I are assisting uh, with a Korean cooking class that mm. will have oh, be twenty-four fun. participants, and there will be eight different cooking stations to do all the different stuff. And at the end of the class, everybody will sit down and sample um, somewhere between eight and sixteen different. Korean food dishes, and the back of my pickup is presently a uh, all the materials for a kitchen for 24 people to sit around eight stoves and and do their Korean cooking. So, wow! You just gonna walk? You just gonna walk that stuff into this room? Oh, I'll, I'll just walk it right. I could take a lot of pictures and walk it right back into this room next week, but I don't think there'll be any food left over. No, no. No, no, no! You missed the point. You're just gonna. Did walk you say? In there. Did you mean W O K? Yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Thank yeah, you. Okay. Uh, damn you, Jeremy! Give him a llama. <laughs> no, that was a full-on jingle. I we're going to be using we're going to be using skillets and not walks. Walk like an Egyptian. I apologize. Anyhow, do an update on the fundraising. We're done. Ah, that's what wow. I want. Yes, we are done. All we got now is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And we finish the month of February fully funded. And all the bills get paid, and my health insurance gets paid. and Life is good. So, thank you, everybody. And in turn, that is the program, a reminder... Uh, the front porch will become the back porch after this program goes off the air. And uh, uh, feel free to join in. The button will still work over at headon.live. Thanks, everybody, so much for helping dig us out of the hole. Thank you, Dr. Allen. I cannot thank you enough. Thank you so much. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our challenge makers, our respondents, our a la carte contributors. Thanks to each and every one of you who shares your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Roger, thank you in the chat room. Thank you, Jeremy. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, headon.live. Remember... Please like and subscribe relative to the podcast. Make a Brother Deacon happy and uh, leave a comment, leave a review. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thank you to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle. 25 years. 25 years. At the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia. And a proud union shop. Stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. 
I recently, I talked to my doctor today, and he was like, eh, you know, on the RSV vaccine. I checked in. He said, I don't need my pneumonia vaccine. I had that. Told me to start thinking about getting the shingles vaccine. That'll be fun. But who wants shingles, right? Frank! Wear your mask if you're around maggots or around groups of five or more. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you. Pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. We're not done with winter yet. Oh, no, 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 no. Some of the worst snowstorms I've ever seen around here have come in March. And, of course, if if a certain senior senator from the state of Alabama... Oh my God, I can't believe I have to say that. Uh, it comes towards you babbling about, we need more kids. Well, avoid Tommy the tuber like the plague, because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Have a great weekend, everybody. Later. <laughs>